Welcome to Do The Right Film. My name is Sean. My name is Steve. My name is Thomas. And I am Harvey Gladden. Alright, coming up we got a review of Ocean's 8. And we're also going to be talking about uh, Hereditary. Uh, some of us watched it here, so it would be cool to do a two-for review on this one. And, Double uh, feature. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, on-screen relationships we wish we had. Because uh, we're lonely as fuck. Well, <coughs> I mean, speak for yourself. Oh yeah, 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 only half of us here is in a relationship. Yeah, half. <laughs> is that is that too much info? No, not just really. A, just a, a disclaimer. Wait, we won't uh, say who's the half. I'm in, yeah, I'm yeah. A, find out who's the half. What, what kind of relationship? I, have, I got, I got relationships. Yeah, I got. I know people. <laughs> well, you just out yourself. Jesus <laughs> I have no intentions of uh, hiding my well, personal really. life on this podcast. But anyways, we'll get into all that. Y'all talk about your girlfriends life. often, actually. Yeah, I realize you guys do talk about your girlfriends a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know that. I don't care. It makes me and Harvey uncomfortable. I'm just putting it out there. We had a discussion. I didn't want to say it. anything, but yeah, yeah, it's a weird energy. Yeah, it's a weird energy. It, it brings a weird dynamic into the podcast. I don't appreciate it. Well, well you guys probably have some good picks for Oscar. <laughs> your pick should be I'm Eddie Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get into all that. And uh, we're going to be talking some other stuff that we watched in the week, if any. And uh, we'll see. But uh, how was everybody's week? What was this week like for you, Steve? Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to think back. Restful? No, it wasn't. It was pretty, uh, pretty typical week. Uh, calm before the storm. I feel like it happens a lot in production. There's one week where you're just kind of like prepping for the next week, which is kind of be kind of not gonna be a shit show, but it's just gonna be mm-hmm. intense. You know, there's gonna be a lot of things going on. So uh, this yes. week was pretty chill. Cool. Uh, me and Tom are gonna hang out next week, so it's gonna be fun. Me and him are gonna hit it, hitting it up on set. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fun. This is our life now. Yeah. Don't you like it though? I do. Yeah. yeah. I wake up substantially less depressed. <laughs> like, like literally. It's, it's just like life has just opened up a little bit more. It makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to explain. No. Are you blossoming? He is. <clears throat> not blossoming, just uh, not dead. You're on the come up. I just also want to mention. Something that I feel like, Tom, why are you wearing sunglasses? Um, it's just giving me this this weird energy that I'm not used to you having. <laughs> Do you have a black eye? Yeah, like, it's like you just have this it, different attitude right now. And I'm not sure how to feel. No, about I'm just it. Uh, I'm just a soccer. fan of ambience, and uh, you guys have this giant sun window above us, and uh, oh I'm, yeah, I'm just blocking out some of the the unnecessary light. No. Oh, okay. Natural light is never unnecessary. Yeah, that is true. I like having natural light. I like having none. Well, it explains a lot. Yeah, it's true. Cool. What about you, Shomo? Uh, my week was good. Just actually working quite a bit, picking up a lot of odd jobs around New York. Doing a. <laughs> Have you walked dogs yet? That sounds sketchy. But yeah, super sketchy. No, no, it was mostly like production, driving gigs and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I think uh, I did want to mention yesterday was a very sad day. I feel like we should say something about it, but mm-hmm. I know it, it's not really film related, but kind of. Yeah. I mean, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, terrible tragedy. Yeah. I think a lot of people really, really liked it. I never heard anybody like talk shit about him except that stand up comedian that went viral. But I think that was just a bit. Right. You guys ever watched that? He's talking about no. Guy Fieri. Everyone hates Guy Fieri, but Anthony Bourdain fucking sucks. You know, I'll have to show it to you guys. Probably bad taste, but... Yeah, a little bit. Just, you know, should we do a moment of silence? No, I'm just kidding. Um, we can edit it in. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just like dead noise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does suck. So yeah, we, we, I think we all kind of grew up on the show, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I watched No Reservations all, like, growing up on the Travel Channel, and then, like, so many memories of, like, being in my own apartment, watching uh, Parts Unknown, and... He has that one famous Japan episode where he's at the Park Hyatt Hotel, yeah. sipping yeah. on the whiskey, and he's, like, having this monologue. It's beautiful. And, oh, and, and he describes Japan so brilliantly, yeah. And uh, I, I believe I wouldn't have went to Montreal the other, uh, a few weeks ago, or a couple months ago, had I not started watching his show, you know? Right. He really, uh... He kind of transcended uh, celebrity chef travel host, I guess. Yeah. That, 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 a weird thing. He was. Yeah. He just seemed very genuine. It wasn't like, you know, he wasn't putting on act yeah. because he's, yeah, I think he's pretty uh, open about his own personal life and the things he went through. Yeah, I enjoyed that. He was really honest. He was also, um, a lot of them write books, but he was he was the one that I thought that was a genuinely good writer. Um, yeah, he was, for sure. Yeah, he was. And it's He's never, very good with prose. And yeah, it didn't seem like it's one of those. I feel like when most chefs write books, it's always about like, it's just, it doesn't seem authentic enough. I feel like he really, I haven't read his book, but from what I understand, he talks about like the New York City, like cooking scene. Yeah. And what's, what's it like to actually work in a kitchen? I in haven't read his industry. book uh, either, but I've read like a bunch of quotes from like some of his uh, work. And he, he writes a lot about like how food changes him, like himself. Like what it, food means to him, instead of like you know, like for example, um, just how things taste. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is uh, interesting. It's a good perspective, and he did. I think that why a lot of people are sad is because like he brings his personal life into his show, and like it's a representation of him, and like what's going on with him in that particular episode. Yeah, I really liked that he didn't gloss over. We're, we're getting into a whole anything more than anything now, but let's do it. <laughs> deserves no, it. I like that he didn't gloss over. Uh, like uh, taboo things in uh, different countries, especially when it uh, when it revolved around like oppression or um, I don't know, like uh, economic issues in yeah, countries. Yeah, definitely, he, he focused on those, and he made it a point to show the history of each country that he went to, even if it was uh, negative or, um, or or embarrassing. I thought that was that was really good. I was I was reading somewhere that someone was saying that like things like Viceland and shit wouldn't exist without his uh his method of, of Yeah, it was much more raw and uh like visceral and, and honest compared to a lot of uh shows where they they only show they're very one dimensional in what they represent about countries. It's always about the great food and everybody's fucking like really happy. These brown locals are always happy and shit and just making great food and he he brought the the negative into yeah, that as well, which is great. Great stuff, great stuff. Inspiring for all all artists, I think. Yeah, he will be missed. R.I.P. How was your week, Harvey? Besides, um, besides up that. until that point, it was pretty good. But <laughs> yeah, that bummed um, me out yesterday. Yeah, I actually visited you at your place first time there. Cool, cool office at your job. Oh yeah, I forgot you came by. Yeah, um, yeah. Chill. Yeah. You guys, you guys hung out. No, no I was off briefly. He like waited for me to finish um, work. Mm-hmm. It's um, yeah, it's nice. We got some nice views and stuff. Like some pretty sketchy views, actually, because you can just jump off if you want. Yeah, there, there's like an exit door, like yeah, a with a little, tiny little uh, semi-circle balcony, just straight down to yeah. the street. Um, but yeah, my week is pretty good and just worked um, and all that. Um, I can only there are only like three celebrity deaths that affect me as much as this, or t- maybe two others. So this is kind of memorable, it's like a memorable week, I guess. Yeah. It's wild. Same, yeah. Um, my week was pretty uh, simple. I uh, I got sick again somehow. I think it's the fluctuating temperature. 
Uh, I think that does have something to do with it. Yeah, I don't know why. It's weird. Certain germs manifest. Because the city's uh, fucked, man. You go on a subway, t- like you touch the fucking uh, rails in the train, yeah. and you carry that with you. Yeah. It's way too many people. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We can jump into movies if you guys want. Sweet, let's do it. So uh, I know Harvey mentioned before we hit the record button that he was supposed to review Win It All that was assigned by Steve. But uh, I guess his work work was busy. You didn't watch it? No, it wasn't busy. I just forgot. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't remember until... <laughs> I was to give you an out. You know what's funny? that like We all kind of realized at the same time when he said, fuck, I didn't watch the movie. I thought about it. I'm like, did I sign a movie? I'm like, oh, shit, I did. Yeah, completely uh, forgot. Yeah, I, um, so if you're coming here for that, sorry. It's funny because I have that panic, like that that moment where I panic every week. We're like, wait, what was the movie? Did, was I signed a movie? That's the goal. Yeah, and today it was actually uh, substantiated. That's actually, why this game exists to give you that thirty second of panic. Oh fuck! I need to watch it. I mean, I just I set alarms. Yeah, that's probably but, a good uh, idea. Just kidding. All right, so you don't have a review of that. Do you have a review of anything else? Yeah, I watched a few movies this week. You, you all want me to go first? Yeah, might as well. Sa- save the H one for uh, for last. We'll all jump on. Okay. Yeah, don't do that one. I mean, we already said that we're in a review, right? Oh, that's right. Just yeah. like, does, yeah. does anyone? I don't know uh, you saying the H. Yeah, I don't know why you said the H one. Just like, does anyone else have like reviews, like yeah. of other movies that you want to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Cool. No, because I would say we could just use a good chunk of time for hereditary. I have a rewatch that I'll talk about for five seconds. Yeah, all the movies I watch, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, uh, not that great. Or, eh. So, honestly, I don't mind being skipped and we could do a deep, deep, deep dive of Hereditary. Okay. Sans you. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be sitting here the whole time. Um, I feel like you, um, you messed up. Or maybe you didn't. I guess uh, you'll find out. Um, okay, I'll talk about something. <laughs> well put. <laughs> you basically told me messed up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk about breath. It's uh breath. I feel like this was talked about before, was it? No, I'm pretty sure it uh, just came, oh, it just it came, came out, out like three weeks ago. Oh, I thought yeah. maybe you watched another shitty horror movie called Breathe, not Don't Breathe. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look this up. I'm it's interested. A, yeah, it's an Australian film called Breath, directed by Simon Baker. He also acts in the movie. You guys remember Simon Baker, right? No. No, I'm not familiar. No. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. He plays the uh, the guy that uh, she cheats on uh, Adrian Grani with. Oh, that okay. guy. Yeah, he's like the pretty Australian guy. Well, anyways, uh, here's wow, He has not aged well. I mean, he aged well. Like, he hasn't aged as much. You no, know? He, yeah, he looks the same. He looks, he looks great. Uh, a pair of teenagers in Western Australia looking to escape the monotony of life in a small town take up surfing lessons from a guy named Sando. Okay. Um, this is a pretty interesting movie. Uh, apparently, it's based on a book as well, but I haven't uh, I haven't read the book. My um, Australian friend actually uh, told me about this movie because I hadn't even heard of it, and uh, we decided to go see it. So um, I had a resident Australian um, breaking down the lingo for me too afterwards. There were certain words I didn't understand. <laughs> you but, didn't get the movie at all, and they're just, like, just breaking. It's like, like oh, like heaps. Did they say heaps a lot? Well, yeah, yeah. Really? My friend says heaps a lot, too. Yeah, of course. All Australian yeah, people yeah. can't not say heaps. Yeah. She was heaps excited for this. Yeah. Anyways, um, so this is a, definitely a coming-of-age movie. Um, and it's about uh, two boys. It mainly focuses on one who's kind of shy and reserved. And uh, his other friend is very outgoing and very, um, very, um, I guess, 
he's kind of I don't know, he really likes danger and he really likes uh like living on the edge of his seat, I guess. He um he he and his friend get uh surfboards. They see some guys surfing on the on the beach and they decide that it looks cool. And um I definitely connected with that like not in the sense of like surfing, but skateboarding. It made me think of uh I don't know, like being a kid and seeing skateboarding and and wanting a skateboard, so that that was that was interesting. Um, it's kind of nostalgic in that sense. But uh, so they work, and they do some like some odd jobs and stuff for uh, for one of their dads to earn money, and then they finally get enough money to buy some really cheap surfboards. Um, they're like these basically uh, styrofoam or I don't know weird foam boards, are like really cheap and shitty. But they are having a lot of fun on them, and uh, eventually they run into a guy named Sando. And Sando hooks them up with like uh, better boards and like uh, better gear and stuff for surfing, and uh, he like kind of takes them under his wing. He's an older guy, and um, he shows them about s- what surfing is, and he's like keeps daring them to go further and further as far as like uh, the waves go and um, like dangerous spots and all of that. And they look at him as uh, kind of like a f- not necessarily a foggy f- father f- figure, but more of a definitely a role model in some sense because he's like an amazing surfer um but then things start to unravel a bit because they uh, especially the main character i believe his name is um looney i believe or or pike I i think it's pike actually and um he starts to see that not everything is great with the surfer he has some issues with his marriage. He's uh, married. He's at, has some like marital issues, and he has things from his past that are definitely kind of haunting him in the in the present because he doesn't really like to talk about his surfing career and um, the things that he's done. They find like magazines of stu- and stuff of him. He's on the cover of them, and he's kind of reserved about it and and, and sort of upset that they discovered them. Um, but then the movie takes a really weird turn. I can't really say what it is because it's a, I guess, a spoiler to a degree um, that I can't really get behind, and that kind of ruins like the, the the third act for me a lot. But um, other than that, I think I enjoyed this movie. It's a, it's not, it's not completely ruined by the um, the weird plot direction that it takes. But um, I think it definitely never recovers from that. Um, what else can I talk about? Um, I don't know. There's definitely a lot of metaphors in this movie, and I thought that they maybe beat you over the head with it a bit too much, especially about the water and uh, how life can bring uh, pain and uh, all these trials at you. And they sort of um, look at that as a metaphor, or look at surfing as a metaphor for those things. And life is like an ocean. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? I don't know. I just I just saying <laughs> metaphors for water and wave. I was just like, so life is like an ocean or something. Yeah, but there's um, I think there is some uh, I don't know. There's like some elegance in it, especially um, a lot of the shots of the water and the crashing waves, and um, there's like this one line that I really like in the movie about dancing on water. Um, which they again use as like a metaphor for life and, um, just start trying to stay above the waves and, uh, dancing and make it look beautiful. But, uh, but if you fall beneath the surface, things get very, uh, things get very hairy. So yeah, it's a pretty, 
It's a nice little movie. Um, Where did you see this? I saw it at uh, Angelica Film Center. Mm. It's um. Oh, it just recently came out. Yeah, it came out a few weeks ago. It's it's a. Uh, I think it's worth checking out. We actually uh we talked about this movie when we were going over a list a couple oh, really? weeks ago. Yeah. Really? We didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd give it a three out of five. Um, it's, it's a solid right. coming of age story, but it's hindered a bit by some weird shit that happens like at the end of the second act. I really want to know what this weird shit is, so I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> like a relationship develops between the boy and um, someone, and I think it's, I think it's completely unnecessary. Um, mm, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well... I don't think the entire relationship is unnecessary, but there's some weird shit that happens within that relationship that I think is unnecessary, and I think it kind of um, throws the plot off its off its uh, rails a bit. But um, mm. it's a solid coming of age story, and it has some beautiful shots of the water, some really nice cinematography, um, the the wide open landscapes of Australia too. It was it's great to see. Nice. I'll definitely check this out. I did watch the trailer. It looks interesting. Uh, want to move along? Show more. You got anything you want to talk about? Any hot takes? Yeah, I got a hot take. Drop it. I got a rewatch. Nice. It's only just one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, I know what it is. The Fuck Departed. The Departed. Recently added to Netflix. Just a heads I up. I feel like you uh, have talked about this on the podcast. He, he talks no, about I've the podcast. I haven't rewatched this since moving to New I York. Think that sure? no I think that you've picked it up for certain uh, topics. Uh, maybe that was. It, I don't. Maybe know. that's what it was. I don't remember that at all. Uh yeah, so I rewatch it. Holds up. No, no surprise here. No surprise. <laughs> hey, like literally, this is. Irrelevant. I was hoping you say the movie shit. Like no, I've seen. It. No, I've actually. This is one of the like maybe the movie I've seen the most of out of any movie. So I can like quote it. How many times? I'm in the 30s at least. Like okay. between like just rerunning it at like my my friend's house over the summer, watching it, like every night when we went to bed, like shit like that. It's just one of those movies, and uh, yeah. It just the shit still makes me laugh. I don't know, just like uh, like Frank Costello's assistants and shit, especially like the one on my Instagram store. If you guys saw it, where he's like, uh, "What kind of fucking size of dog is that? Must be a big fucking dog." <laughs> you, nice yeah, your impression's pretty good, man. I like it. That's because I've seen that movie. I like how he was the only God. one that got a kick out of it too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. Just like Frank Costello's dialogue written for him. I forget the screenwriter's name, but it's just so fucking good. And this is also based off like a Chinese movie, but... Infernal Affairs? Yeah, Infernal Affairs. But it's just so much better because it's done... I mean, say what you want, I guess. It is like technically unoriginal, but uh, it's masterfully made. I fucking love that movie. It's on Netflix now if you guys want to rewatch it. I think it's it's trending now. People are rewatching it again. Cool, cool. Kind of fucking size so, of dog uh, is that? The part is still good, huh? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> I was really hoping you would say Shocker. Like, yeah, well, like. <laughs> so here's the deal. My other movie was Hereditary. So okay. I wasn't sure if everyone saw it. If not, uh, I, was I guess we'll gonna... talk about that before Oceans, all of us. After Steve, you got anything? No, not really. I mean, I've watched I watched a couple movies. I watched. All right, so I'm going to say this. Last night, I was dead set on watching Hereditary. Oh. And I was with a friend, and they're, they're like, "Yeah, we have enough time to get to the movies, right?" We get there like maybe like fifteen minutes to spare. We like check in a movie pass. I go up to the thing, and <laughs> when I press the red, Terry, 
sold out. Of course, you went 15 <laughs> minutes before. What the fuck? No, yeah, that's the funny part also, where I'm just like... Well, actually, I went like eight minutes yeah, before I, mine. Yeah, I saw it like But you went to Williamsburg. Before. Yeah, Williamsburg is yeah, the worst. It all depends on the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta go to Kids Bay. So I was actually... Yeah, I'm done with Kids Bay. So I saw it at BAM. I was gonna give up. Like I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna go home. I was like, that's the only movie I wanted to watch. And everyone's, uh, you know, suggested, oh, we should watch Adrift. You did? Yeah, and I watched Adrift. Oh, God. <laughs> kind of want to hear about this. No, I mean, it's like... The Shailene Woodley. Uh, the Shailene Woodley, right? All right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to speak briefly on this. Uh, for some of you who don't know, it's about a woman and her fiancé find themselves caught in a hurricane after departing Tahiti by boat. Uh, that sounds white privilege as fuck. Yeah, on their <laughs> sailboat. Uh, so the story is very... It's, it looks so like it all this, is lost to me. I mean, you like, know, the whole time. The story. I think I think the reason I just didn't care about this movie as much as some people would is because the whole time back in my head I was just like, I watch Hereditary. That's the only thing in the back of my mind watching this shit. You could like, you could hear it thumping <laughs> in the <laughs> Yeah, you hear the the, ju- the, the everyone's yeah stuff. everyone's having the great time. Meanwhile, I'm in this like weird. It's just like what I'm talking about. I thought this wasn't a thing, but apparently it was. It was just a lot of. Uh, women in this so i guess it was a chick flick i didn't didn't think that was actually a real thing i mean it's a survival really. movie dressed up as a chick flick i think that's what or is it, it is the other way around i don't want to say it's a chick flick i would yeah, say it's well, just a romance it's a romance film no i mean that's the thing it has survival elements ro- romance films are i mean but still considered the, chick flicks right but that yeah typically uh, we should use we should, that should be a topic the world one has day. changed yeah the world has changed yeah. But no, oh we actually not that much though. We actually walked in in the back row, and I'm like looking, I'm like, damn, it's like a weird audience. There was just like, and then there was like a group of like 14 year old boys sitting all in the front row, and I'm like, it's like, could they not get into another movie? And they were like, fuck, man, I guess we have to watch this shit. They were enforcing it. They <laughs> bought a ticket for this when they were trying to get into the hard- R. Yeah, basically, I think they were trying to. So everyone in oh. there, I think, was trying to get into Hereditary, <laughs> and they were just forced into go to see a drift because I walk in, there's this one dude. With his girlfriend, he's like this. Just like passed out. The movie hasn't even started yet. Nice. Uh, Poor guy. Oh, I guess I should talk about the movie. Yeah. Uh, overall, it's like nothing you kind of don't expect from these kind of films. Like you can watch the trailer and just get it. I've got a, I've got a question yeah. before you get into it. Yeah. Because I watched the trailer and I was a bit confused. So some, like an old couple just asked them to like sail their boat somewhere? Uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't them. It was... So the the lead actor, what is his name? I don't Sam Richard, Clapton? Richard, yeah. Oh. Uh that well, the character at least. Uh he's been sailing for a very long time and he's met people and this old couple that he's met in the past sees him and they start talking to him and they're like, "Oh, this is great that we found you because we need you to sail our 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 yacht or our sailboat or whatever to San Diego." And he's just like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And because they were going to give him 10 grand. So he's just like, and he's just like, yeah, I'll sell your boat for ten grand. And then he's with uh, Shan Willie's uh, character, and she was just like, yeah, I guess I'll go too. And just like that, huh? <laughs> from well, there's a little bit where? more depth to it. There was like a little bit, like kind of like you know she was gonna go, but they were trying to make it look like she was just kind of like hesitant. She's like, I don't know about this. Oh, okay, okay. It's a couple, it's a couple miles. I don't know, it was like a thousand miles or something. Uh, it was gonna Pussy. be a long trip. But I would say this. I think. Uh, there was a lot of like interesting shots in terms of I don't know I just love watching like scenic like water <laughs> like boats and just like so, watching beautiful islands. I feel so. like dude, everything in this trailer looked like it was in the movie All's Lost. Was she did she repair the side of the boat with duct tape? Dude, yeah. Okay. 
Check. I could have. Did dude. the boat turn upside down yes. while they were in? Yes. Check. This is a true story, though, right? Yeah, it's based on a true story. So is all is lost. So I guess this. Just, so I guess it's just paint by numbers. Uh, stuck at sea. True story. Yeah. It's just. I think all is lost was just unique because there was zero dialogue. Yeah, and I think I would have liked that a little bit more. It sounds like that sounds more up my alley than what we got here because they use this one narrative uh, hook that I'm not a big fan of, where they're jumping between past and present constantly through the movie oh, fuck that. and they're trying to establish their relationship so the movie starts with the boat the the, the accidents already happened they're out in sea and then throughout the movie it's like jumping back and forth to try to establish a relationship and how close they were but it was just kind of like you couldn't believe it because it just didn't seem Cl- classic dunkirk i don't know it just i mean i think dunkirk <laughs> doesn't a lot better. Time dilated that fuck out of that adrift. Yeah, they were like it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I kid you not. So unnecessary. So so you'll know when the movie's almost over because it's gonna hit a certain mark. You're like, oh, like it's all right. I guess we're wrapping things up here. That's why I hate though. You know that these movies are fucking paint by numbers because like you, I, they don't realize that you don't need those flashbacks. You don't. Honestly, like we if you would have just sat because the most interesting parts for me were on the boats and the corniest parts for me was of course them on the island falling in love i guess and i was just like oh this is uh eh, whatever but the when they were stuck when they're no, on the boat i, I like know that. how they became in love right i mean is that i think they need to yeah i guess so but you could fucking no, you do don't. that you don't. by their relationship on the boat you could have done all of that or so you just like don't need to fucking know talk, yeah i mean stop well it's a technique painted for the masses right exactly. yeah that's what i meant uh i feel I feel like everyone was kind of bored in the movie. Like I can actually get that genuine, like genuine vibe. Just like we were all sitting there, like, uh, okay, keep going. I guess it's gonna happen. Oh, also one thing, it does another thing that I hate, and I'm surprised it did this. It has a twist, right? This movie has like a a, a twist, and I'm like, it was one of those twists. I'm like, no, no. I look, I sat up in my seat like this. I started sitting up, shaking my head. And I'm like, oh fucking air! Are you kidding me? Why would there be a twist? It's so it's it's it's. I, I, I would wanna, say I almost want to ask you, but we could nah. talk about it afterwards. And then again, I don't think anyone's ever going to see it, so we're good. Chicks might. We have a huge chick. Uh, Do we? Chicks I dig our I, show. I don't think they like Could to be called chicks? chicks. I don't think they yeah, like to that, be called that's chicks. That's not a thing anymore. That's right? definitely not a thing. Yeah, uh, when you think about it, it's very very derogative. I don't know why we still say. What are you, eight year old dad? Yeah. <laughs> Eight chicks. Like, just what are they, they baby these? chickens? What is this? <laughs> uh, so, if you want my thoughts, should you see this movie? Should you see this movie? I heard that I was the podcast. I heard, I heard all of that. <laughs> I say, no, you should not see this movie. I say, skip it. Okay. Uh, maybe this is a good movie to put on the background while you're cooking, Or I guess, just watch All is t- Lost. Or watch, uh, Tom says, watch All is Lost. Robert uh, Redford screams fuck. Yeah. Oh, so does uh, Shane Woodley. So. Yeah, it's different. No. You could see that. You could see the buildup of, of, the downhill spiral in his face in this. I would say this. I think maybe I was just a little bit, you know, upset that I didn't get to watch Hereditary. So. Don't maybe, worry. I'm gonna tell you all about it. Oh, great. <laughs> or you could have just took the train to another theater. Yeah. I was just I was like, oh, might as well just lean. Just go into it. So that's my review of Adrift. Yeah, Adrift. Adrift. Cool. Yeah. All right, so I'll talk briefly about uh, Unsane. 
I checked that out this week. Ooh, I and saw the movie. That is, uh, yes, Soderbergh's secret project from 2017 that was released earlier this year, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, shot on the iPhone, and they use a 4K app to capture the image, apparently. And I'll read you the plot here. It's it already in 4K, isn't it? Um, the, it was a 7 Plus. Was it 4K? I don't think 7 Plus was 4K. Was yeah, it? they're all 4K. Whatever. That's what it said there. Um, a woman is involuntarily committed to a mental institution amid uncertainty as to whether her greatest fear is real or delusional. So the main character is played by, what's her name? Um, Claire Foy. And we also have Jay Farrell and Juno Temple in this movie. And Claire Foy plays a woman who seemingly has a normal life. She has a job. She lives in an apartment. She has her mother who she has kind of like a strange relationship with. But she has this backstory to where that she once had a great stalker where she had to move city, change her uh, phone number, apartment, job, just completely had to uproot her life because her stalker was just brutal. Um, and then she, she's she been having all these weird psyche moments to where she still feels like she sees this person, but she she's unsure whether it's real or not. So she goes, which is the weirdest part about the movie. This is where I guess her... Uh, where she cracks a bit because she goes to a mental mental institution to speak to basically an advisor for advice. And the when she starts to dive into her story, this advisor starts to put things together that this woman is pretty much unstable. And she gives her these documents because she thinks that she's implying that she wants to voluntarily check herself in. So she signs documents not knowing what she's really signing. And then they basically keep her there for seven days and we were pretty much following her throughout the institution in the seven days she befriends uh, jay farrow's character who's kind of giving her like advice on how to basically survive and just keep her heads up until she gets out because the more and more um outbursts she has they're gonna uh, they're gonna keep her longer and longer and throughout her stay here she keeps uh seeing her the face of her stalker throughout the movie and at first, the audience is led to believe that she's she's sort of imagining him, but the film kind of goes in one direction that I won't really quite say because I think that it is a plot point that shouldn't be revealed because the rules are really in the trailer. Um, so the mo- besides, I won't get into the plot because most of the plot is spoiler, but I thought this movie was well directed. This is actually one of my favorite uh, directing um, by Soderbergh. Uh, once you get over the gimmick that this movie is indeed shot on the iPhone, there are moments where the composition does look weird, especially when they're doing like tracking shots or um, like long takes. You do see that iPhone quality. But the what I was telling Harvey earlier in the week is that the way that Soderbergh generally shoots his movie, it's very intimate. And the way that this lines up, it kind of works for him in his favor. So I think like after 20 minutes or so, you forget that this movie is shot on an iPhone. And this movie builds a lot of tension with uh, with her character because we're kind of led to believe one thing and then something else happens and then these moments hit. And every time, as soon as as the plot is progressing, there's more and more intrigue uh, as things get revealed. And Soderbergh, you know, he's known for his directing in terms of the way he directs a scene and how everything is just put into place. And in this movie, it encompasses all of those techniques that he's really good at. Uh, last year, I think it was like last year, fall or summer, I can't remember, that we saw Logan Lucky. And it's similar to that, but it's different because this movie is very, it's 
it's sold as a thriller and it and it eventually becomes kind of like a horror um but yeah i was a big fan of this movie i liked it a lot i think a lot i think you guys should watch it i think you might uh enjoy it especially you steve you like thrillers right yeah I've, I've, i like them i think because I, I feel like this is something that we've all tried to kind of like sit down and like put together in terms of like writing ourselves writing, yeah. yeah so i think that that's why you might enjoy it uh, yeah then definitely yeah uh so so it's not so the iphone footage is because the thing about me when i watch all right so my company does work a lot in terms of uh with samsung we do a lot of uh video capturing mm-hmm. and you could tell the quality sometimes is well, it's not comparable i, to that. I, I feel like it, i think would it be is it that distracting no in not at all no you'll get over it very because quickly. uh i i think that throughout <clears throat> soderbergh's career like the girlfriend experience um magic mike a lot of those movies look like they're shot on like handheld consumer cameras, just the way he shoots. Because he actually does the cinematography in most of his movies, like to where he's actually he doesn't hire cinematographers. Yeah, I, I, I'm I just he- hearing from someone that they said it wasn't that distracting, but it just felt unnecessary. Um, the movie would have been the same without it. Yeah, and like they said, the movie was still good, but it was just it just seemed like a like a me- like a meaningless gimmick. Yeah, and, and but the thing is, like, so. I notice it. Like, I watched Tangerine, and that movie probably merits an iPhone more than this movie, and it yeah. still distracted me. Yeah, like, but that, I think yeah, it's because I, I I do that any movie I, I watch. I, I'm like pixel peak. I, peak. I usually would say don't that do that. This, uh, this will not distract you. Okay, I yeah. don't think it will. I usually I, I think I usually, it will distract me, but I th- I seriously think it just it's doesn't matter no matter what film it is or how much it's necessary. Yeah. I can just tell. I'm always looking at like cinematography, and, mm-hmm. like the it has zero shallow depth of field usually, and you can tell. I was just curious I mean, because they, I know they did I mean, use it's, like apparatus and shit like that yeah. to put on the iPhone. So I mean, it does like, have like that look. Mobile like cameras in general have like just jumped since Tangerine, like in terms of quality and yeah, like the stuff that I see now is like really nice. Motion the same way, but yeah, it's just sometimes I feel like it could be like. You could tell, like yeah. it just kind of bothers Which, me. Which well, what I was trying to explain earlier is that uh, Soderbergh he really only shoots in static shots. Yeah, and so. that's really what he's known for. Like he likes to put characters in front of a camera, and then like they, uh, the the dialogue progresses, and that's what's uh, tense about his movies. And this movie uh, capitalizes on that. So I don't know. I really, I like this movie a lot. Uh, I give it a three and a half out of five. I'll, I'll, I'll check, check it out. out. Yeah, it's worth a check out. Is it uh? Still in theaters? I mean, not theaters. No, it's uh, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. Um, all right. Do you guys want to talk about Hereditary? And then yes. we move on to Oceans. All right. Well, let's talk about Hereditary. Should we play a clip? Nah, it's not, Why not? necessary. It's a double feature. We're going right. to put it in the title. A clip? I'm going to be here, so just let me know. If We're going to play out. a clip right here. And then she lived in our house at the end before hospice. We weren't even talking before that. I mean, we were, and then we weren't. And then we were... She's completely manipulative until my husband finally enforced a no contact rule, which lasted until I got pregnant with my daughter. I didn't let her anywhere near me when I had my first, my son, which is why I gave her my daughter, who she immediately stabbed her hooks into. And I just, I felt guilty again. I felt guilty again. When she got sick, not that she was really even my mom at the end, and not that she would ever feel guilty about anything. I just don't want to put any more stress on my family. All right. That was a good clip. Um, okay. <laughs> Hereditary, directed by uh, Ari Aster. And the plot synopsis goes, 
After their reclusive grandmother passes away, the Graham family tries to escape the dark fate they've inherited. Um, who, would like, who would like to go first here? Um, Harvey? You want me to go first? Why not? I don't have my notes pulled up. I don't have notes. I wrote a couple. Okay. Just a couple. Um, all right. So, Tony Collette plays the uh, the main role, I suppose, as uh, Annie Graham. Um, her mother dies. She's an, she's an artist. She's working on like a, a, a miniature. Um, just like, just like. What's her name again? Annie Graham. Anagram? <laughs> Annie <laughs> Graham. I didn't realize her last name was Graham. I guess we're going to have to be very sensitive with spoilers here. Yeah. I mean, aren't we always? Mm-hmm. Sometimes not. No. I just ruined gravity. Always, I'm always pretty. Uh, <laughs> I just well, ruined gravity. Not on air. Yeah, I wouldn't say you ruined it. Okay, well, Anyways. But, um, yeah, so her mother dies. She, um, she had a terminal illness. Um, and she dies in their home, I believe. Um, and, uh, this is basically them trying to pick up the pieces afterwards. Um, while also, um, dealing with her presence not being there, but also her presence still kind of being there. And I like how this movie sort of, uh, especially in the first two acts, it starts off more as a, um, psychological thriller and it kind of plays with the idea of, um, horror being, horror being something that we don't really think about as being a bad thing necessarily. And that's, uh, like, uh, what you inherit from your parents, whether it's good or bad or evil or good. Um, it's not, it's a, it's a very difficult thing because you can't really, um, you can't control these things. And, um, and I think it definitely has a big impact on people when they grow up with a family member that has some sort of illness, not not like a, a disease, but like a um, I don't know, like a, a negative, a negative trait, and um, having to deal with that can be difficult. And so, when you get older, maybe coming to terms with the possibility that you've inherited that that uh, same thing is is a very difficult thing to come to terms with. And this movie plays with that to a degree, um, but it also switches up and it gets into um, some actual horror, which I thought was done really well. And it's and it and it it's woven together so seamlessly. This movie it it plays with some uh, pretty pretty um, like uh, ambitious ambitious ideas in it. I think it lays them out lays them out perfectly. Um, and that's what I want to say for it right now. Um, I'll say a couple things. I got some notes I can I could go through, or should I even say that? Should I sound off the cuff? Uh, so uh, I just freestyled. So yeah, know. you did. Um, Harvey's the horror guy here. Um, so he probably like I feel like when you watch a lot of horror movies, you you know more about their their conceptual like ways to scare you and yeah. where they draw their inspirations from like other movies and stuff uh so this movie surprised me in the sense of like how it panned out and like how it paced because the trailer's weird a24 i guess just does this now but they made this movie look like the a terrence malick horror film but i knew trailer. that but i knew it wasn't yeah, gonna you, be that. me too i had it's a feeling fucking, too yeah. because of uh it's a24 i just know like everything is just not what it seems um, it almost seems like they do that shit deliberately, but yeah, um, got to sell movie tickets. Yeah, 
Well, I almost feel like that would have hurt them, but maybe not. This could be doing well. Um, so this movie reminds me. Uh, it, so the trailer is crazy, right? Right, and then it pans out to be actually pretty uh, accessible. It's not anything crazy or anything like wildly off the cuff art house. It is an art house horror film, yeah. I think, but it's not like it's, it's accessible. If you're expecting like horror, like uh, scares from the beginning and like that typical shit, then yeah, yeah then you'll be disappointed. Um, so. It, like uh i wouldn't say this movie is 100 percent original um but it's super well done in the way that it like juggles all of all of the things it draws from uh and it's also impressive that this is debut writer and director so there's that and it makes you think like how much talent is out there waiting for 824 to summon them you know um I think my favorite thing about this movie is its ability to cover a broad spectrum of emotions that horror movies don't usually do like this movie kind of bounces around all kinds of different emotions for me and I actually felt some things, which I I don't remember the last time I've actually like been emotionally invested in a horror movie that wasn't based in like fear or thrill. Yeah. That's one thing I really liked about this movie. Usually death can be, especially in like very mediocre horror films, like death can be super cheap, but this film treats death and, uh, yeah a a much more special way and it it shows a tremendous amount of grief especially well, the grief in this movie is fucking great yeah. it's amazing there's, yeah there's a lot of chilling scenes in this and the, the it has scares in it right it has different kinds of scares and different things that like like creep you out i think there's one jump scare maybe i think there's like one jump scare like legitimate like in your face jump scare I think that's fine. I guess it's, you know it's good to have one in there. I just hate movies that are rely on them. Um, the rest of the scares in this movie are so fucking creepy that there is this is the first time in a theater where I was like, I'm at AMC, right? I'm laying down. You know, the leather's kind of cold on those chairs, right? And uh, there's a scene that literally sent chills. Like fucking chills down, up and down. They yeah. went from my head to my toes, then back from my toes up to my head. Like I felt my body. Like Are you describe an orgasm. Yeah. Like it was weird. Yeah. Um, Made your toes. <laughs> I, I was just like kind of creeped out. Like not. It's like an in the moment thing. Like didn't. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It involves. I mean. Uh, I'm not sure if I do. But he's in there's, bed. There's a couple. Yeah. You're talking about the dream. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah, let's uh, let's so, watch it. So uh, refrain from any any. No, I'm not saying anything. That's uh, it. Said a dream. Uh, yeah, it was terrifying. There's some really uh, there's shit in here that's like, that's like conjuring type scary, and then there's shit that like reminds me of like killing of a sacred deer, kind of just creepy, not scary. The witch. It, and, the, and it's very similar to the witch. Uh, more set in like modern times, but w- with a totally different kind of spin on it. And then, um, yeah, uh, I would recommend this to anybody. I mean, with the disclaimer that I don't watch a ton of horror movies, but mm-hmm. I think in terms of horror, this is premium horror. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think for like a, I don't know, like a person, like a casual uh, horror fan or something like that, you're probably expecting horrors from the beginning to the end. But this one is, um, you have to definitely wait for any like a uh, conventional horror and like the scares to really kick in, but not to say that the beginning, the, like the first two acts are 
they're bad eerie. by any yeah. by any sense. They're they're, they're incredible, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the two biggest strengths of this movie that I, that I enjoyed a lot is that one um, the ability of this movie to mislead. I would say the first thirty minutes of this movie kind of sells itself to be kind of just a psychological thriller, and right. then something happens. And then, okay, you're expecting one thing, and then those scenes play out, but then, like, the last 30 minutes becomes conventional, and like you said, kind of, like, familiar, but it still works in in its own realm. And the other thing is, I would say this is probably Toni Collette's best role to date, because throughout the movie, we're really just following her. Yeah, she's eccentric. Yeah, she's the central character in the story, and we do get scenes with the sun, but everything revolves around her, and the plot is moving with her. And there's a scene that just, there's a scene where she's basically crying, and she's screaming, "I want to die." I I bought that scene so I I yeah. can't remember in recent that's, time where I bought a scene. That's more the than grief that. I was talking about. The it. grief, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Uh huh. And the this like I said, this movie misleads you in terms of genre because it makes you think that okay, this story is gonna be it's gonna play pretty straight, but no, it doesn't at all. Um. And I would say this is probably one of the most haunting stories I've ever seen in my life. And you could compare it to other stories. You know, it's playing off the the tones of like uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, Kill mm-hmm. List, yeah, um, things like that. Uh, things that generally deal with those yeah, issues. Some heavy Rosemary Baby influences in this. Yeah, um, but you know, without saying any specifics, there is this movie's built on the progression of certain issues in the movie. And then I don't think the movie I don't think the movie kind of like is ambiguous or anything like that, which I enjoyed. I think t- towards the end we get what we get. If you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't think it's ambiguous either. Yeah. I think it's um I think uh I like it. And you know what? I think people in the theater were kind of mad about that, and and I that makes me happy, and that makes me like the ending more. Yeah. Um. I also like that this movie creates this atmosphere around the house and the the land that the house is in because we don't really go away from that environment and the environment becomes very haunting throughout the end of the movie. I kept trying to like pinpoint where they live. I forgot to look it up. Is it like, are they in Utah or Colorado or something? It's, uh, yeah. it's Utah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It was shot in Utah. Um, yeah, I got to mention this. What do you guys think of the music? There's, um, I don't know if it was just me. Or if I was, or if I was hearing another theater, but every time we were alone with uh, Tony Collette's character, and typically it's when she's on the move and she's coming from like a situation, she's like dealing with a situation, and there's a uh, like, there's like a score that plays. It's really low. It's like a scratchy noise too, right? Well, it's like a it's like a heartbeat almost. It's like do 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 do, but it's like super low. You know yeah. what? I kept wondering if maybe that was another. Movie yeah, it sounds theater. like techno yeah. or something, right? Well, like it sounds like a like it, a. Big, it might like be a an adjacent theater. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that all, that score also comes into yeah. play when the the infrared thing happens throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, yeah. Uh, that I think that that works pretty well too. Yeah, it, it like builds up. It is. It gets really. It like the moments they play it is usually when Tony Collette's uh, dealing with something, like when something crazy has happened and she's like had an emotional breakdown or something like that so every time they uh they like trigger that score it's like in a really high tension moment Mm -hmm. and so when you hear it again it like brings back these like feelings and i think it works like over the course of the movie yeah it keeps happening at these 
like pivotal times when things are just the tensions getting ratcheted up and um yeah like after a while it made me feel like uneasy like hearing that noise like i would just like subconsciously notice or hear it and then like my heartbeat would speed up what's also to, like match it what's it's also weird. like great about this wasn't movie? there articles written about that uh think, no they were saying that there's people's heart uh, i wonder if there's some signs there because yeah, there there definitely there's some, is some, some liminal like reaction to the brain or yeah, something i forget that what it's called but i was actually reading about this a couple of weeks ago and yeah. like yeah the ability to like speed up music and then slow it down and then layer it over top with the, of each other it can like uh yeah, it can like elevate like your heart rate and like I think that's what they did. Yeah. Um yeah, so I was saying that I think that part of the genius of this movie is that there's there's conventional tension in this movie. Uh besides horror tension, there's tension amongst the family when after certain things happen and they're like just sitting around and you feel it in the room and you're not sure where they're going to go or how, how characters should feel or what they should say and when things do play out it's, it hits a point and it just sends chills down, chills down your spine just by conversation. Yeah. It, and it's not, it, it has nothing to do with horror elements. Yeah, it, it's done so fucking Yeah, it's well. so dynamic. This movie, I haven't seen a horror movie that's so dynamic in many, many years. Yeah, it, it makes you dread what's going to happen even if it's not necessarily a, like mm-hmm. a horror-related uh, scene or, right. or event I, or anything. I think uh, part of the, why the, the third act is so effective is that the investment that you have with the characters and like the emotions that a lot of them exude, especially the father and the way he's trying to hold the family together and the mother. Yeah. So like, honestly, that, that father was my spirit animal because most times in life I am, my, my mental thought is, for fuck's sake. Yeah, he, was, he was dealing with a lot. I yeah. left. Huh. Dude, I was thinking that. Like, like, like how do you morally like just learn to live with it if you just leave? Like, I was just thinking in his shoes. Mm-hmm. Nah, I, um, I think for me, the strongest parts of this movie is the third. The third and the last act. Or sorry, the second and third I act. I like them all, man. I can't pick. Yeah. Like I said, the first, I would say the first 30 minutes of the movie kind of uh, intentionally misleads you. And then when this beat happens in this movie, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's when the story like, goes. Yeah, it like puts you in like this false. Uh, but also like false the first two acts where you're constantly trying to f- wonder where the fuck they're going with it because it's not really predictable. Well, no, I'm talking specifically up until this moment happens. Like you don't know that the story was going in that. Direction. No, I know, but I liked the two acts so much in the beginning because. I couldn't figure out where they were going, and I was like wait, wait, so intrigued. Th- the two acts. Well, I'm you're talking, saying you like the th- wait. The what? first, um, what I'm talking about happens in the very first act. Oh, I thought you said the the third act. No, I said the second and third act is the two strongest parts. Well, that's what I'm I like the first and like even, most of the second even because in, of the intrigue. Yeah, like even well into the second act, um, I think the movie had established like to me the movie had already established itself as like a psychological thriller, and I didn't. I think I thought only um, these. I don't know, conventional or normal things would happen. So even after like well into the second act, I thought that, um, I thought things were happening in the character's head. I was like, this is mental illness. This is not real. Well, I actually thought, I didn't think it was mental illness. I thought it was more a curse. Like I thought, because where there's a scene where she's describing what happens to her family's past. All right. We're getting this, we're getting some, uh, some, some territory that I don't feel comfortable. No, I mean, this this isn't a trailer. She talks about, uh, her family's past and like about her mother and what happened to her mother's family and her family. 
And you're like, okay, well, is this something that's going to continue? Why, why the movie's called Hereditary? So that's where I thought the story's going, that this character is just going to deal with these things and, and how we follow her. it goes a different way than all the ones we mentioned. Yeah. It's um, really well done. But yeah, uh, this movie is so effective. I spent like an hour and a half after this movie talking about it with Emily. It's incredible. Um, I guess that's pretty much it, I have to say. One thing else uh, I should mention, though, is that the son, I really like the son in this movie. What I don't about know, Jumanji? The, yeah, the kid from Jumanji. I think he did a great job. But <laughs> yeah, he's fun, yeah. He looks He Indian. looks older. No, he looks Indian. Oh, he he, looks he Indian? doesn't look like their oh, son. Brown. No, he doesn't. You're right. I was oh. going to mention that. I thought you were going to say he looks older than he yeah than he uh, is. Or well, he does look older than yeah. he is. I'm sure he's like 25 or something. Yeah, he does. But he, look does high school. he definitely looks like an Indian guy. Yeah, he does. I was thinking that, or like, uh, like really, I don't know, like Greek or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at a photo, of the poster right now, and they all have this weird, like Italian, maybe, like sweaty, like look and nose and facial. They they look they all look alike. Sweaty? No, not the son. No, I'm looking at the poster right now. The daughter. The daughter doesn't look like any of them. Yeah, (laughs) that's the funny part. But uh, also, I think that a lot of the establishing shots were awesome. Was it me or was some of the establishing shots miniatures? Yeah, they were. I don't think they were like the the houses and the houses and trees. I don't think that was miniature. I think it had the miniature effect on it. What do you mean? That particular one, like the one on the trees. You talking about the house? Yeah, I'm talking about like uh, like some. No, no, no. The a lot of the establishing the shots of like when they at night and the forest and the house from far away. I think, I think those just, are miniatures. I think that's just edited because that's like a popular form of photography. You take a picture of like buildings from a skyscraper and then you do that like focus effect and it looks like a model. Yeah. Of something. Well, uh, yeah. In particular, some of the scenes look like the texture of the trees were like textures of like cardboard yeah. and wind yeah. blowing on it, um, which plays into what she's doing throughout the movie. How fucked up was that scene where she was like recreating that? Oh, chill. can't say that. No, but she was yeah, recreating yeah. something. Yeah, I was. I, I that definitely. That's, that's the moment when I would have probably left. Yeah, as the husband. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what the? She, she's crazy. Yeah, but uh, okay. He's so a you, you guys huh? want to drop scores on it before we say yeah, too much? I'll, yeah, I'm ready. Go for it. Um, I think this is. I don't want to sound like I'm being dramatic or um hyping this up this is one of the better horror films i've seen in the last decade it's for sure it's definitely one of the scariest um and like i said earlier like being a little bit dramatic like it's like the ability (laughs) of this movie to have all of these dynamic elements come into play and all these ideas of what i think horror could be this movie does a lot and um it's incredibly ambitious and it it still manages to scare and tell a really a really great story. Um, this is a five out of five for me. That's cool. it. That's um, it. <laughs> I'm gonna say that uh, I don't think I'm being dramatic because this movie I think is gonna have an everlasting effect on me. Um, as well, you know, like I, I like horror a lot too, mm-hmm. and uh, this movie is like, I think it's gonna be a staple in that genre for me. And I'm going to give it a five. And I also think it's uh, one of the most haunting stories I've ever seen in my life. Not just in form of horror, but just in like suspense and psychological thrillers. Goddamn. Perfect score for me. Um, Tom. I'm probably going to go four and a half. I would yeah. say it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, maybe it's just the way like I rate stuff, but like I usually reserve five for, well, I don't know. It, this is a four and a half, though, for me. I mean, I would say there was one lull where I was just like, 
but I think the movie did it on purpose. But like, I I don't know. It's literally the only criticism I could give it. But there were a few uh like scare things that I had seen before and like didn't really care for. But that's such a a small drop in the the pond for how how ambitious and well made it is. Right. Cool. Almost uh, a perfect movie for me. Yeah, you guys should definitely check this movie out. It is. I think it is almost a wide release, isn't it? Like it's playing a lot yeah, of theaters. Yeah, I think so. It's in a lot of theaters. Like it's AMC Surprisingly, or, um, I yeah, thought it was Regal. only going to be at. I thought it was only going to be at like Angelica. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Go check it out. It's a great movie. Let's uh move along to Ocean's Eight. Uh. Let's take a listen to a clip. Do you know this one? Debbie Ocean, convicted felon. Her brother Danny Ocean, more convicted felon. She was present on the night of the incident. Ooh. Yes. How long would it take you to make seven pieces of jewelry? Five or six hours. How long if I told you you didn't have to live with your mother anymore? Last. Five, all eyes. Can anyone really be overqualified? This is the Met Gala after. Gala, the Met Gala. The Gala, yeah. Ocean's Aid, directed by Gary Ross. Plot synopsis goes, Debbie Ocean, a criminal mastermind, gathers a crew of seven other female thieves to pull off the heist of the century at New York's annual Met Gala. You know, I didn't even know what the fuck the Met Gala was until I saw this movie. I knew really? about it. That's ne- weird. Never knew what that was about. You know about the Met, right? I, of course. I didn't know what the Met Gala was. I didn't know what, they, what the festival was for. I just don't think you're on Instagram enough. Guess not. Um, yeah. I don't like I don't like stuff like that. I don't like fashion. I shit. don't either, but it's just all over my head. I just had a thought that I haven't really thought about. What's that? But isn't it funny that they named her Debbie Ocean? Because, <laughs> like, Danny Ocean. Like, yeah. why didn't they just call her, like, Susan or some shit. They just had to like pick up Debbie and Danny. A lot of families use like the same letter for like their similar I mean, shit. No, no mine. No. Um, I mean, not my my cousin's family did that. So, who wants to uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Fuck it. What did you think about Gary Ross's uh, interpretation of Ocean's Eleven? I did, <laughs> so I should it's mention interpretation. So- Soderbergh is a is a produce. He has a producing credit here. Does he? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we initially chose this movie. I wonder if they gave him money. Probably not. Probably. I mean, money's so sweet, uh huh? I don't know. He. This is all. None of these shit is original, so it's it's hard to say. All right, so uh, we initially chose this movie to have like a controversial discussion of this potentially being a rehash of old concepts in the name of cash grabbing, disguised as uh, diversity. You know. And I think there's a discussion there if you guys want to get into it, but I think we could start with with just talking about it as like a standalone movie. Uh, what? That was just funny. You you already wrote out this argument. Yeah, like he's already he's prepping that. <laughs> I, I like, wasn't going to mention it. Yeah, I was going to mention it either. I was, was going to talk about the movie. Yeah, I, I, think, that, the movie I think it's still worth mentioning because, I mean, I don't know, when you look at the like producers and how some of the producers' IMD photo, IMDb photos look like Harvey Weinstein and shit. Um so I'm a big fan of Oceans, right? I like shit like that. It's flashy, it's silly, it's slick. Um, I I have the box set, you know. I don't know if you guys own the box set, but DVD I DVD box, box set. set. Yes, DVD box set. VHS. Can I grab that? No, it's a nice. It comes in a nice box too. Um, so I don't think they're perfect movies, but they're just so damn cool. And I think that's like due to like the sensory overload of charisma you get when you have. Brad Pitt and George Clooney together like that. Um, so this movie, 
it, it stars with uh, you got Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett, and they're almost like carbon copies, female copies of Danny Ocean and a uh, Rusty, whatever his last name was, Brad Pitt's character. And um, this movie does that a lot. So basically, the the idea is is uh, they're trying to steal a. Is this in the trailer? They're trying to steal the necklace. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's that's in uh, the uh, the Met Gala or in the Met um, in a vault. But they 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 want some girl the to win. Yeah, the Tucson. It's not at the Met though. They have to get it to the Met. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, and the vehicle for that is through uh, Anne Hathaway, who looks gorgeous in this. Um, oh, she looks beautiful, bruh. Um, but other than that, um, so these characters that they introduce, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like they put almost every other character on the back burner. Whereas I feel like they had bigger roles in the original Ocean's Eleven, like the people who weren't George Clooney and Brad Pitt. I feel like they were, uh, they had more charm to them. They had like their moments and shit throughout the film. Whereas this is like, it seems like they each get their one little moment. And uh, and that's it. And uh, what I don't like about this movie is just just the overall unoriginality of it. Like, yeah, like we've seen oceans, right? I think I don't know. Maybe they should have went like slapsticky or something to make it stand out. But like, like I said earlier, Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett are literally Danny and Rusty. And in female form, and they and they have that kind of like diet Soderbergh dialogue going on. Like it doesn't feel quite as good as Soderbergh wrote it, um, but it, but they're still trying to mimic it. And, uh, and they even do some of the same things in this movie, where like she brings someone from her past in, and she's like, "Oh, I'll, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but if he's if he's in, I'm walking." You know, like th- that was an exact conversation in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, and. <laughs> And uh, they have like the tote. They the, there's a cameo in here, and then that is like kind of just. There's two cameos in here. It's kind of paying homage to the the first one, and the fact that she's Danny Ocean's sister or whatever, right? I mean, like, I just don't even think that was necessary, right? Like, it just yeah. feels all I, a character. Well, without we, that, we it never, wouldn't be Oceans. Yeah. Well, a character. I know, well, name we, it something else. I don't know. It may be a different movie. Okay, let's do a different movie then. Well, okay, so the character is not really even mentioned enough. There's not enough interest in this character with the older films to begin with. But they kind of, like, they dig up this character from this previous movie, right? Uh, I don't think they mention her at all in the old films, do we? No. Like at all? No. Um, and the way they, like you said, the way they introduce her in this movie is that she's identical to her brother in this movie. How, the way she talks, the way she's having that um, parole scene, it's it's just copy for copy. And uh, ironically, don't you think if she was that good and that close, wouldn't he have got her on to the Ocean's Heist? I mean, but okay, there, so there's a at spoiler. Least one with, of them? There's a spoiler well, with that though. Well, she was in jail, right? She was in jail for five years. Uh, All right, I really want to have this conversation too because there. I feel like that's it's a contradictory a, uh, to her character and yeah, who she that is. Was, those Ocean's Eleven was probably like, what. 15 years ago well i'm I'm just saying like all right when when that does happen and they explain how it happens i'm like 
Really? Because from what we just saw yeah. in the first 20 minutes of the film, it shows that she is an expert. She yeah, knows what she she's should, doing. Exactly. She, she should, should have been. Smart as shit. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the thing. Like, is like, And it kind of blows me away that this this character is so smart and she just like kind of the head of the curve that she gets fooled so easily. And, she gets and the way she so, gets like, fooled really? is it's, contrary to what the whole series is trying to portray, I would yeah, say. I, like, she falls for a guy and she gets wooed by this person. She's like under his spell. And she believes everything he says. But we don't honestly. We she don't get gets, that much. She gets fooled in a really dumb way too. Yeah, like, in a really weird. I'm not a criminal way. expert at all, and I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I would know that. Yeah, you, know, you go to jail for that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. Yeah. So I don't know. It there's just a, makes it seem of... like she's way more naive during that time period, and then when she was in jail, she was able to smarten up, which doesn't make any sense because this idea of who she was before that made it seem she's right. always been that way. It makes way. me wonder, where did she get all this practice from prior exactly. to being It should be their dad. Yeah. yeah. It would be their dad. Um, but even so, before, yeah, it doesn't align with her character to what we see after the five years in prison. Um, I, I agree with you 100% because I was telling Steve this when we walked out the movies that Every character that's introduced in this movie, the seven other um, members of her team, we don't get any dynamic storytelling from them. Whereas the first movies, we get there's a lot of interest behind the characters, the way that she meets them, or the way that Danny Ocean meets uh, everybody else. Like for example, when he met when he meets um, Matt Matt Damon's character in the train, that's an interesting scene where yeah. he pick where he drops the card in his um, pocket and he and he finds it later. And there's no dialogue there. They just cut to a scene of them having a conversation. And this movie, it's set up to just be comedy in terms of them meeting each other. And that's all we get throughout the movie. We don't get any standalone scenes with any of the characters besides uh, Sandra Bullock. And don't be wrong. I love Sandra Bullock. I can watch her all day. Yeah, I was, I was surprised because I, I actually am qu- quite fond of Aquafina. I actually have known about her for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, she has like hilarious YouTube shit. But, and I was like, oh, maybe this is like her, her time to shine, right? Like, she was literally like there for certain things and then like, all right, she, we don't need you anymore. Why don't you wait over here until the next scene? Um, so, I, I don't mean to keep talking, but just going to say one more thing. Like, <laughs> inconsistencies aside, like what I don't like about this movie is they... So during the Oceans movies, the original, right? You're you're trying to do a heist and shit happens and doesn't go according to plan. And then they have to figure out how to fix it, yada, yada, yada. Here, it happens like almost like clockwork, like where everything will have like a problem. But they fix that shit in less than five minutes. They fix the problems like that. Like it, they just brush right over them. There's no stakes. It's, I it's, I felt didn't feel tense at all. Yeah, I, I didn't feel nervous. And, and I didn't the, feel any these, stakes. There should just, be that in a film like this. If yeah. you're gonna, because the thing about it is, like we talked about maybe last year on uh, Logan Lucky, and we're talking deeply about Soderbergh and him kind of creating this like this style of film, a modern style in terms of like heist films, getting a crew together. It is always. It, it is predictable and how the way it's going to be set up but at least there's tension there to kind of yeah. get you through in this movie there for me at least there was no comedy i wasn't laughing at all and there was no tension at all for me yeah, i was right. i was sitting there i'm like it literally just kind of like passed passed me by like it was watchable like i was able to sit there and watch it but at the end of the day i like i forgot about it very low stakes man yeah very, very low, low stakes. stakes there was never a point where i'm like oh shit is there 
how they're going to get out of this. What's going right. to happen? And I, think, I, I think one of the biggest flaws of this movie is that there's really no drawbacks in terms of their plot. I think that the plot is written very conveniently. And when there is like brief moments of like them being set back, it's instantly fixed. Yeah, that's what you said. Like and, within uh, five minutes. Yeah, it's just sl- <laughs> a sloppy writing. Yeah. And in the movie, in the first series, there's a lot of consequences. And there's, it, I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen those uh, films. Like Danny Ocean even goes to jail in one of them. As like that's part of the plan. Yeah, that's part yeah. of the plan exactly. Like, and that's genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't buy. I think the heist in this movie, and it's just a stupid heist. Like to yeah. steal you the know, fucking. Ironically, like, you said this... in the synopsis, like the heist of the century. Didn't oceans happen in this century? <laughs> that was <laughs> he, a better. Heist. He robbed the casino. They robbed. He a... knocked over a fucking. He he knocked over three in Ocean's Thirteen. Yeah. And and their their idea of how they're gonna like sell these diamonds if they you know get them yeah so stupid like it just doesn't seem that it would just, work all right and this is my other issue that i have with it too in terms of uh it's just seem everything just seems so fucking simple like it's just like all the other characters were idiots like those security guards yeah there was and one they're built scene, up to be like world-class assassins and yeah the and they're like guards. and like you know there's i don't want to spoil it but there's yeah. like a scene in the movie where something happens and like everyone's like oh cool all right well we we figured it out and like yeah. every just brushes also, over it so no easily. An, I, I, you just sparked my thought on this. There's no antagonist. No, there's no one where you like. like there's no uh, Andy Garcia. Yeah, there's like no character. Po- you know, there, push and there, pull. There is one person towards the end. Um, yeah, but it almost. But dude, but then they conveniently write him into their plot. He disappears. So, yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna be good. There's this is gonna be a cat, cat and mouse. Mouse, right? But then it goes away very easily. <laughs> I would take that back. Very surprised I, I, by I, that. The, yeah, the final scene, the, or like the final act. To be honest I, with you, I was liking him. I liked him. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Until, really good. until he was, that. He was funny. Like when yeah, he's he was in the, the guy's funniest apartment. Part. He's Gordon. like, yeah, he's like, you have everything. And you have two, two of these. these. <laughs> like, that was great. That was funny. I was starting to like it, but he, he comes and goes like fucking nothing. I, I, was, I was wondering too, because I was looking at my watch. I'm like, this cat and mouse, if there is a cat and mouse part to this plot, it's coming really late right now. Yeah, yeah and I thought it was interesting like, that it wasn't uh, a detective it was like an insurance uh, agent. I thought that would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I liked I liked his character he a lot. Have to I think he was one of my favorites well, because I think he had the most personality. Two, two that's because you're you're a you're a masculinity raving male. I mean, I wouldn't consider his character much of a masculine. <laughs> I had all these great female characters, and that's your favorite. That's like me saying my not really my favorite character in Black Panther. I loved Andy Serkis. Dude, yeah. he, was, he was great. It's weird, like, like the majority... a, all all the women, all the lead that they were like boasting about were completely underutilized. Other than the three leads were Anne Hathaway, uh, Sandra Bullock, and Kate uh, Blanchett. Like everyone else was completely underutilized. They got thrown away to the side. We didn't get to yeah, know any like of Mindy them. Mindy had like three lines. You, yeah, yeah. Mindy had like maybe yeah, three, four lines. And there was actually one part of the movie where I'm like, just wait, where does she fit into all yeah. this? Um, I was like, when she came back, I was just like, uh... Yeah, there's... um, It's just, it just kind of shitty. Everyone feels like they have style. such a small role, whereas in the original Oceans, it felt like a like an orchestra. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think dealing, with a ca- yeah, dealing with a cast this large is obviously very difficult to do. And I mean, if it, you probably yeah. If you, I mean, if you aren't capable of, it, you probably shouldn't attempt it. But I mean, they got Gary Ross, and I guess they thought he could do it. But anyways, um, I don't know. The, the introductions to these characters is done in a really cheesy way, kind of like a superhero movie where you yeah. have these introductions of 
whatever what everyone's ability is but it's not done in a clever way or or a, um, a new way or an interesting way at all it's just um her pulling up the like the uh i don't know like when someone pulls out like a photo the uh, photos of people and they're like this is that person that person does this and um right and so she's taken on a tour by like Kate Blanchett of, of these new interesting characters that are going to join their team but it's done in a, in a in a really lazy way in a really unoriginal way and i think that that definitely like loses some of that development that could have happened for those characters they could have chose like interesting moments to have with those characters but instead they kind of just did some yeah, lame shit and um also i think uh, this movie spends a lot of time planning the 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 uh, heist instead of actually the time spent doing the, and heist. the heist is like 15 minutes long yeah well, so I, mean, I think that's to be a, fair that's i think that's, that's, that's how issue. the original is well, not, I, not, well not, the original not really. actually has no. they they start the heist like within 15 minutes yeah. when, when the two characters start working there i guess you're right but like they're kind of playing as they go. Yeah, well, there was just like a lot of moments where it just didn't seem like yeah. like there was like more planning, which right. I think would have been better if it was more like leading up. Not to, the to mention, she like said that. she planned. She had already planned it for five years, so yeah. it's ironic that we're getting so much planning. Yeah, regardless of the style of the other ones, I think um, I think this movie could have definitely benefited from uh, spending a lot more time in the heist and uh, having issues arise, like you guys mentioned earlier, within the heist. Some instead of yeah, it was it was much too. Um, I don't know for a heist film, it relies on tension and uh, the possibility of getting caught. Without that, it kind of there's no fucking purpose to making yeah, or, this movie. Or you have to make it really, really smart. Yeah, or that. But I mean, even so, I think throwing in the stakes are definitely the only way to help that plot uh, move forward and for it to actually feel um, like there's some consequence in the movie. Otherwise, wh- what's the point of watching it? So I think uh, spending more time in the heist would have been a, a bonus. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the movie. I think is. what you said earlier is was uh, something I wanted to mention. Shoma was that she she said that <laughs> I think it's a huge plot hole that she says that she spent five years going over this plan and she practiced it in her mind a thousand times and it works. But as she's planning these things, a lot of these these variables are new to her. So how the fuck does she, <laughs> she plan this? She didn't. She didn't yeah. really plan. She just planned you don't the have, idea of it. And you don't have access to the resources in jail. Yeah, I think a lot of there's no attention, there's no care to the dialogue yeah. and what's written for every character. I honestly might go home and watch. Uh, we should we should get drunk tonight and ha- watch them all all in a row. I actually want to rewatch Logan Lucky. No, let's I re- rewatched that. Let's couple, watch that like a, after a we, we finish the first three Soderbergh Oceans. Um, yeah, back to the tension too. I think this movie. Um, I wouldn't call this a comedy. No, and that's a problem because I think the lack of tension makes makes all of that weird because it, it it neither serves as a comedy nor as a true heist film because there's no real tension and i think that just leaves it in this awkward uh i don't know like an awkward purgatory yeah i also hated that at the end of my show people clap people clap you really no i mean i'm looking I, I've been, i'm upset. looking at, i'm looking at the reviews right now and there's a really positive consensus like just it's overall, like, it's like positive, it's, but on the side of middle. Dude, of the my road. my uh my show in Hereditary had a half stand in ovation. Oh yeah, that's yeah, crazy. At where Bam. where? At Bam. Damn, Bam um, Bam sounds lit. Yeah, dude, I, I forgot to mention that. I was actually in my notes, uh, to say that that was one of the best audience theater experience I ever had. Was a uh, Hereditary at Bam. That sounds good. Yeah. Nice. I, I, someone wrote good. a review yeah. of this movie. I hate to like. 
pull shit out of other people's reviews, but I just thought that they put it so well that like this movie doesn't have that sly shit eating grin on its face like the original ones. Yeah. It's not even just like even like all right, let's not compare it to the originals. Let's just compare it to, as a heist film. I think it just right. lacks the the proper structure. But I think the and, reason and the it, interesting it fails characters. is because it's trying so much to connect Stro- itself to the Yeah, original. and like if this would have just been like, you know what? Yeah, this is you know, it could be called Ocean's 8. It could be his sister, but the fact is that they're trying to connect it and they're just trying to make one thing I don't like with movies are trying to connect it to the real world to right. the point where it's just like, oh, we have all these celebrities come in and we're just like, I don't know, it just felt too cheesy. Like the whole idea was just cheesy. You're about all the cameos? All the cameos. Yeah, like, yeah. Just felt, yeah it was just like, this just feels so... I hate when those celebrities There are all the Kardashians exist. in it. Actually. All of them. I hate when those celebrities exist, but you're supposed to believe that celebrities like can't Kate Blanchett, Sandra Bullock don't exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in Fast and like, Furious. Why not make Anne Hathaway Anne Hathaway? Yeah, you yeah. could have just made Anne Hathaway. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought about that. That, that would have been, been funny. And that would have made... That sounds Especially like, her paying like a dumb version of herself. That would have been like great. I feel like that would be a Seth Rogen move or something. But uh, That would have made the movie more funny, I you're think. You're right. But like in Too Fast, Too Furious, there's a ludicrous song playing. Like, who sang it? Yeah, who's yeah. singing this shit? <laughs> it's a, his, um, his mixtape. Yeah, his mixtape. Yeah, I wanted to actually talk about Anne Hathaway too because I think um, I think she's kind of yeah, she looks amazing in this movie. But also, I think her performance is by far the best in this movie. No, she is. She's, she's hands on the best yeah, part I think of this whole movie. Yeah, I think she steals every scene that she's in, especially even the ones with uh, Sandra Bullock, who ca- kind of carries carries this movie. Um, she, I think she's definitely the most compelling character, and she's like funny to watch. Like, there's not a lot funny about this movie, but I think Anne Hathaway playing like a super dumb she, actress she is really, just kind of funny. She really just plays it up, and she I think she does the yeah, best job. She, she like she's goes definitely with it. a necessity here. Yeah, because like she, between Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock, there's like forced comedy. It doesn't work. It doesn't like, work. But like, like Brad Pitt and George Clooney, like their their monotone, subtle bouncing off of each other was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But it does not work here. No, Anne Hathaway is like. I no, think, she has a lot of great scenes where she was just like. It's just for like the way she. It's like she had this one scene where like she was like crossing her neck or she did something with her neck when they were putting the necklace on. I was like, I was chuckling. I was like, oh, that's pretty she, funny. She was really great she, at playing she, like a dumb. Just a dumb. Celebrity. Like, yeah, celebrity. <laughs> um, I think. I think because of that, I think that if they had utilized her character a little bit differently, that it could have made the movie more compelling overall. Um, they, I don't know, there's some shit that happens with her in the third act that we can't really talk about, but um, I don't know, I think, I don't know, never mind. I think uh, adding her into more of the movie definitely would have made the movie better, but it also could have made things probably unbalanced with the rest of the, the rest of the eight. Um, but yeah, I think she by far has the best performance in the movie and she carries a lot of scenes with her. Um, some of the supporting cast, uh, we get a, a little bit of uh, Helena Bonham Carter's character, a little bit more so than we get with like Aquafina and Rihanna. Um, so I'm not completely mad at her, like her um, her little arc, but I think um, nobody else had one. So it's yeah, weird. no one else really had one. We have no idea who Rihanna's character Nineball was or yeah. Aquafina. Like they, 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 there was no substance to, substance to them at all. And yeah, I think Aquafina had the potential to be funny. She has like uh I think the scenes with her are are okay. Um but aside from the one that we saw in the trailer, like um she's, she's like, like talking about Danny. She's like asking me if he's really dead. I think like she has like some right. awkward funny scenes. Like her awkwardness makes it a little yeah, bit funny. Like, yeah. That's her thing though. Like she she has a show on YouTube it's but like 
that's the name Aquafina is like the, a play on that word. But she she'll like interview porn stars with an old man standing next to them. Oh yeah, he has no purpose but to just stand there and like hear all this shit. It sounds like a an Eric Andre. It show. Sound, definitely sounds like something Eric Andre. Yeah, it's, did. it's a little bit like that. Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, you guys want to talk some more? Or just give some scores. No, I guess oh, we throw some scores out. Talking shit. Yeah, let's uh let's cinema score it. Well. D D minus or some shit for Hereditary at the cinema score. I really didn't see that. They're notorious for being idiots though. So I I don't know who these people are. Yeah, they gave Mother like an F. Really? I need yeah. to check this. That's any out. any film that has like a if it's art house who? or if it's artsy, they the don't cinema like it. score, whatever website. Oh yeah, they yeah. gave uh, Hereditary like a D or some shit. Yeah, I mean that, that fucking that that shit's that, trash. That they're just they like, sound like a whole bunch they're of just invalidating themselves. Yeah. yeah. Uh so I guess I guess if uh I guess we're doing scores uh, I'm just going to give a final thought. Um if you don't watch these kind of films and I think maybe that's what it is is that we watch so so many movies and we have well, I don't and know. We, I, I think, mean, I think I, just seeing Ocean's 11 is enough. <laughs> well, yeah, for you, but like let's say you watched Ocean's 11 like 10 years ago or whatever. And then you watch this, you're like, oh, this was a fun movie. And I think for most audiences, okay, yeah. it does the bare minimum, and it really is something entertaining for them to watch. So if you, if you, if I was to ask me, like, hey, should I watch this? I'm like, you know, if if you like heist movies and if you like all these actresses, by all means, go for it. But me personally, just it's, didn't do yeah, it because not I shit. have, I just, I've seen, I've watched way yeah. too many movies to like sit there. I'm like, it's like this is kind of boring for me. Like. I wasn't. I didn't feel tense when when during a heist movie. I think that's the number one thing you should go for. Is that that holy shit? Are they gonna get caught? Even if you know they're gonna be fine in the end. Like I think you need to have yeah. that because it is the most important. Because you can thing still trick people. We all know they're yeah. not gonna get caught, but and th- th- that tension is still possible. Yeah, and Soderbergh's formula of a heist film. You know, we have the setup, the heist, and then you have the twist, and you have the the aftermath. Of everything, yeah. like kind of like what the, when the dust settles, it, it follows that, and it's and it's a formula that works. And I think in this scenario, like it's a it's a it's a passable, or I would say maybe watchable. Like you could watch this film, and it's you know for some just it won't affect you as as much as the others. So I'll, I'll give it like give it like a two point five. Word. I, I feel like I feel like it's not the worst thing because I've seen I we've seen a lot of shitty movies this year and. uh it's not the worst thing I've seen. I think it's still watchable, and I think a lot of audiences could get a lot out of it. You know, but I mean, for me personally, I didn't get much. Just a backpedal. What What are your guys' thoughts? Do you think it's forced diversity? What do you What do you think? Uh, I think so, just because a majority of the leads and the ones who had the most uh, dialogue time were all lead white actresses, and the characters, especially people of color, were all kind of put in the back burner. They're they're there. They're to, there. Like, say they were there. Yeah, say but like. There. But if you actually look at it, Rihanna, who is this hacker, probably could have got a lot more time. And, you know, she actually does play her, her and like someone out, outside of the group plays an important role in the heist. And we barely get any information about that. Right. And then same thing with uh, Mindy's character where she is she is literally lost at one point in the movie where I was thinking like, yo, where is she? Yeah. And then she shows up again. I'm like, okay. And Aquafina again, like she has some funny moments, but again, we don't know much about these characters' arcs or who they were before this or what they want now. Like at least with yeah. Ocean's Eleven, you can get so much from every character. And like you said brilliantly, it was like it's an orchestra. 
Like everything's like kind of like timed out. And like they, everything is they, happening. They really only give uh, everyone one job in the plot. Yeah. And they only do that one job mm-hmm. just for, because of that one for skill they have. a very short amount yeah. of time. Whereas with, uh, with Ocean's Eleven, throughout the entire movie, those supporting characters are like doing something to contribute to the heist. Not just for the last 10 minutes. They don't bring them in for one like five minute insert. Yeah. Like so they'll people- be working on shit. The whole time, yeah, right? exactly. It's because it's alive. Like they, I think it's good world building, and it's like it's it an, an operation. Yeah, like it's just there's moving parts, and you can see that not just like in the scenes that you have with these characters, but other characters in the background. It just mm-hmm. it just works. Man, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, Harvey, you want to drop a score? Um, sure. Um, yeah, just to wrap up what I said. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Same things you guys were saying. The the characters aren't really um, developed enough. Um, it feels like a really short like relay race to me. Um, it's like watching like a really short relay race. Um, Everyone's just like rushing. Yeah, the, yeah, the screenplay, the screenplay really just fucks this movie up. Um, the writing's just not good. If I'm honest, I would give it a two and a half out of five. Wow! I wish one of us loved it. I mean, I don't. I should be clear. I don't. I don't hate this movie. Of I don't. Course. I don't think it's a bad two and a half is not yeah, a hate score. Yeah, it's it's like middle of the road. I don't. I don't think this movie is horrible or bad in any sense, but it's also not great or does it, it doesn't do, do anything. Yeah, it doesn't do anything spectacular. Yeah, I, like, I in, in a week, we're all gonna probably forget right. we saw this, which is sad to say. But yeah. you're gonna. It's like when when it comes down to the end of the year and we're talking about some of our favorite movies. This is definitely not gonna be anywhere near the top ten for me. Well, obviously, yeah, I agree with you guys pretty much. Uh, I think we covered everything we could have covered. Um, and like Harvey said, I don't hate this movie either. It's just. It's just it's passable for mass audiences. Yeah, it's paint by like, numbers. It how about that relay race metaphor, though? Right? Yeah, I like that's your, a good one. I like it yeah. because it was it was a it felt like that because I one. picture in my head and I <laughs> chuckle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could miss this one to be honest with you. Just watch the originals. They're you're not going to get anything new from this unless you like have a thing for seeing girls in action. There's nothing particularly sexy about girls, it. women. What? Women? Should I said women? She said females. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Oh, oh yeah. Wait a sec. Females. <laughs> Chicks. Wait a sec. I'm not allowed to say females. Well, you, so you say girls instead. What girls. the fuck am I supposed to say? Humans. Don't say anything. <laughs> the other sex. <laughs> <laughs> don't assume their genders. Wait, yeah. I don't get it. You so, guys gave me shit for saying female. I, I'm, we're always gonna give you shit. You know that, right? <laughs> no, but I'm genuinely curious. That, or, I think it's your tone. Any way you say. It. I don't care what you. Yeah, say. anything I say is just gonna come out. S- slobby yeah. but uh yeah there's nothing like i don't know i feel like some dumb guy would go into this thinking like oceans 11 but with chicks you know thinking it have some sex appeal but it really doesn't you know i would like to say that two and a Cape, half for me uh, Cape Blanchett, uh mm-hmm. pantsuits were great oh wait oh wait, i forgot to mention Kate blanchett what the fuck is her accent I was trying to figure that out too. I, I felt like she out. was like going between American and English. Yeah, and then at times weird. I thought it was Australian, but like I thought she was like, is she a British person who's lived in America so long? Her she lost. She lost her accent. That's what I figured it happen? was, but I think I she, she could have been just. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Soderbergh wouldn't let wouldn't let yes men on set. Soderbergh wouldn't like allow that. You know, like yeah. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I agree with everybody. I think I I liked it a lot less than everybody else though. Uh, I'll probably give it a light two. 
I think that this movie has way too much montage. Uh, the screenwriting is very sloppy for such a grand setup. Um, and you, yeah, very forgettable. I wouldn't probably never rewatch this movie or would have watched it if we didn't have the podcast, to be honest, in theaters at least. Light two for me. Yeah. Steve, did you give a score? Yeah, two and a half. Two, two and a half. half. Okay, cool. All right, so let's uh, move along to uh, we gotta our pick topic. A movie. Yeah, we oh. pick a movie. Yeah, Wait, is a movie. Jurassic Park coming out next? Week? Jurassic World. That's Jurassic what we're watching. World? Is it the park? Out? What's the, what's the Jurassic thing? World? The park. The dude, park is gone. Wait, <laughs> dude, that oh, I saw that walk line. I was is laughing really my it? ass off. Is it really? It was like Jurassic World. Oh shit, that's a te- that's like a dude, tagline, right? On the on the fucking posters oh, on the subway. The park is gone. <laughs> like what? I can't be the title. <laughs> I swear that's not the actual subtitle. But that's the oh, the like the tagline. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it's Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, but it's the what kind yeah, of shit the, is it? Yeah, that? that's a dumb tagline. The, too. Park, the park is, is gone. gone. Like, <laughs> like come up with the most riveting, exciting I, fucking tagline. At this point, the park Steve, is gone. Wait, that, yeah, that's like that's not like, coming out next week. <laughs> it's uh. It's no, next week's the fifteenth. Why do we That's keep thinking that it's? Com- I think it's because we're getting bombarded with trailers, yeah. and we constantly think it's coming. But out. but Steve, logons like that. Back me up like- on this. Doesn't it make you angry that like you just feel like this industry is a joke and like? No, it is. It's like, a fucking joke. Like I, I who can't. gets in and who doesn't? Like if people are writing shit like that, I mean, I'm just like they should have just ended it on the first three. It's okay. I don't know why people are just on this nostalgic trip of just like. Oh, next week is Incredibles two. That's the. Oh movies. yeah, let's watch that. That looks great. I guess that's a. I love. I mean, I love the first one. And I also I, got Gotti, the um, John Travolta. John Travolta. I think Incredibles two maybe. Uh, I'd like to rewatch the first one maybe. Superfly comes out next week too. That looks bad. Tag comes out next week. I'm oh, curious. I, need, I need a comment on Superfly because I saw the trailer and it gave away the entire movie. It just looks bad to me. It just gave away the whole movie. Yeah. Like there's like a scene where like yeah in the trailer where Michael K. Williams pulls out a gun. Yeah. on him. I'm like wait. Whoa, whoa. Why did they put this, this in there? Yeah. Why would it you put no that sense. in there? Yeah. He, like, Unless it's, they they built it up to like be his mentor. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, also Tag comes out. I'm probably gonna go see that on my own. Uh, probably not gonna review let it. me uh, <laughs> let me know when uh, you watch that. Yeah, I wanna watch I, it. Yeah, it looks pretty funny. Well. I want to watch that. It has all the people I like. Yeah. That movie is funny to me, and it it looks good. But like, <laughs> I just can't believe it's come to this. <laughs> what tag? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's. I think that's what the the point the movie's making. I think you're right. That's yeah. why I find it funny. Um, because those those are like almost a list actors, and they're just yeah. yeah. It's funny. It's ironic as hell that. They'd be doing something, but it seems it seems like it'll be a lot of fun, and I like I like the concept at least or the story. Like, yeah, it looks yeah, like I think Incredibles uh, Two is gonna be pretty good. I don't know, uh, it's a big release, obviously. I think Samuel Jackson again has like the best line in the fucking movie. He's I'll be there ASAP, and his wife's just like, <laughs> "Where are you going ASAP? <laughs> better be back ASAP." <laughs> so, dude, I fucking love the fucking first line of the movie. Where it was like, "Woman, where's my super suit?" Dude, it's fucking great, man. All right, so Incredibles 2 is yeah, uh, what we're going with. Yeah. Cool. Well, we can watch it with some kids. Oh, there's going to be so many kids. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, we're going to go. Let's go a very late show and then. Yeah. Well, like we'll, think, we'll think about this. Kids are in school or is summer? It's still. No, That's they're summer. not out yet for school and summer. They're not? Or, or New York. It's no, like one more week left. What? I can only see it when they're not in school, anyways. So. I. Well. <laughs> Sucks for you. <laughs> We're like completely trying to avoid kids. Dude, they're brutal. They dude. ruin movies. They're fucking, they're brutal. I got my chair kicked the whole fucking time. Yeah. I'm a, I might just yeah. torn it. <laughs> so that when I was watching Adrift, uh, there was this couple. So the fucking we we got Theater Seven, man. You know Theater Seven Williamsburg, right? The one downstairs. Yeah, the shittiest, the one. shittiest one. 
and the chairs are like this. And, you know, when I'm watching movies, sometimes I move around a lot. And if, if it's a boring movie, I move around a shit ton. Like, I'm just trying to get fine yeah. comfortable. And I'm kicking this poor lady's chair the entire movie. You didn't know like, she was there? No, I knew she was there, but I kept doing it by, her chair? You know, by accident. Oh. Because I'm moving. So, like, it's like any subtle movement, my foot would just, like, tap it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Dude. And the person I was with, she kept doing the same thing. And she would just, like, kick it. And I'm like, look. <laughs> Dude, you fucking assholes. You fucking assholes. Dude, I didn't mean to. It was just like. Move somewhere where there's no one. But uh, no, but the funny thing is that theater? that was a packed theater. That's weird. That was like super I think, weird. um, dude, AMC's those chairs are too comfortable, dude. <laughs> so like, like, I'm literally more comfortable there than I am at home. I heard a rumor that one of the AMC's has bed bugs. Is this true? You know, all right. So is me, it the ones we go to? No, no, no. It's uh. Also, Harvey, you brought that up. I forgot to mention they don't have recliner chairs there. No, AMC, AMC 25 has fabric chairs. Yeah, they have fabric. So that's probably why there's bed bugs. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think leather can get bed bugs, can it? I mean, I'll just go on the assumption. No, they cannot. I think they just have a hard time burrowing into yeah, the they fabric. Can't, it's a solid. Yeah. You yeah, can spill water on it once it's through. So, um, so we could still go to Village Seven and. Uh, oh, Village, Village Seven the, is my my theater of choice now because Kips Bay is a fucking trek for me. Yeah, dude. I like Kips Bay, but it's just way too far. Dude, it's even about? it's even further for me, dude. I take three. Trains. This is all going to be cut out. Don't worry. No, no, no. <laughs> what the hell are you guys? Let's move along. They're like three talking about a fucking theater fucking for like trains, five minutes, bro. Three trains. We're talking about together. trains and well, you guys talk about trains and theaters a lot. Yeah, we always do. I'm like saying AMC Village and Kips Bay are the, my favorites, but I can't go to Kips Bay anymore. I'm too mad when I leave late. Okay. It's, just, it's too. Um, it's 90 minutes almost, dude. <laughs> to go fucking two miles. It, you, it's unheard of. You have to walk yeah. on top of that. It's like it's a walk. It's not like easy to get to. No, it's fucking terrible. Just like, don't we have a topic? Yeah. I'm trying to get to. Oh, but. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do the topic. You guys are going on a rant about shitty theaters and bed bugs. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, so on-screen relationships, we wish we could have had. <laughs> I got. I got. A, I got. Did, did I, anybody pick Brokeback Mountain? I got. I got. My thing is, I don't really like this topic, but I, you didn't I say like that. it. What you didn't say that? No, I didn't. But it's totally personal. There'd oh. be no reason for me to say. I have three you guys choices, so oh. I guess I'll go with my first one. Can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Uh, since you said relationships, I just thought just like outside of just romantic relationships just like even just friendship relationships the fuck and uh i don't know if you guys noticed i'm uh re-watching lord of the rings <sighs> and my first choice is uh sam and frodo really yeah that's a great best friend relationship he went to the ends of the earth with that guy i would love to have something like that where you just like he's Sounds like, like your a boy lot of pressure i don't like it he left his know. his girl yeah he left his girl like he just left everything behind everything he knew for his boy okay he's like Let me i got ask you, you something though what how many hobbits do you think she slept with while he was gone? At least 10. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's 10 in the village, but yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe all of them? He was gone like a year. A year? No, yeah, it was Wait, like, like over many, a year. How many of the 10 are female? Well, I mean... What's the what's the half, male to female half. ratio? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking like Smurf logic. Just everyone else okay. is a guy. Okay, but, uh, so Sam and... No, I think that's a great relationship. It's like a good best what about, friend. What about romantic? Romantic? Yeah. I have two choices. I don't know which one to go with. Okay, what's your real pick? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess if I have to be, uh, I was thinking before sunrise, that yeah. young love romantic relationship, I like this, where you're on the, the train before and you sunrise. Kinda, yeah, where uh, mm-hmm. where you like kind of meet someone because it's like it doesn't seem like realistic, right? Especially nowadays, like most people are just sitting but the on thing their is, phone. Is, is that what you want? It's like not even a relationship. It's just two people who met. Yeah, I think that would be a beautiful story to have. But you like, won't be sad. 
yeah, I would be a little sad, but for I mean, like ever, it's but, like, but, the, but the thing is, is like I think that's what romance is a little bit. A little Mine's bit of sadness. The same. Mine's, wait till your mind. <laughs> I think romance could be a little sad and like kind of, but it would be amazing to have that one experience. Like but I, you're I met saying, this you person. want that for like every the, day, or you just no, want no, that, that experience. Oh, yeah, okay. that experience. He wants. Yeah, I guess he wants that experience. Yeah, like just just to meet someone, and you're like, wow, I had a really deep connection. But the, but the beautiful right. thing about that is, you say it's not realistic. I I totally think that's realistic. Well, I mean, nowadays, I feel like you're sitting on a train. Most people are like. Oh, you just don't get your Instagram. Yeah, you're fucking just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me grab that shit before you leave. And you just know, like, that's a good point. How crazy you approach that someone been, now? That movie's totally avoidable. Yeah, at at this era of technology, like there's so many like variables. Like either a, like you said at the end, be like, hey, can I get your phone number? Or like B, like you never talk to them because you both or have like, headphones in or you're reading. In, in or the just second like, movie, they talk about how they lived miles from each other in the city. Yeah, and they didn't even at know. At one that, point, for that's like two years. And the fact that like, for example, this day and age, if they both had Tinder, they probably would have matched. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> or, but even then, I'm sure they would have been on social media. Yeah, they would have been able to find each other. He could have just added her on. I would have found her on Facebook. Found her on Facebook. You would have found her before you went up to Yeah, you <laughs> I need to know who I'm talking to. Go ahead. I need to do some research. <laughs> I need to do some research he, before I go over there. <laughs> how I'm trying to think. I'm pretty good at finding people on Facebook, but how the fuck would you possibly do that? I would have to like walk by, maybe get her name off her boarding pass or Jesus. something. Jesus. Uh, I don't know. But uh all right. Word. All right. So that's my pick. Okay, cool. What's your show? Uh so you guys know Manhattan? This way, the city? The movie the with movie? fucking oh. Jennifer Lewis. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was just like a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes? All right. So I don't like this topic because I think I don't like on-screen relationships usually. I don't I don't like the feeling that... What I mean is I don't like the trope of like... Especially like back in the day, I think I looked at romantic comedies a certain way. And I don't know. I don't know if I was over-glorifying women or something or like relationships or love maybe love um but like i actually wanted that shit but like when you look back on those like rom-coms now it's like when when they get in those scenarios where the guy's like i he does one little tiny mistake and the girl's like not having it he's like, i can explain i can explain and he has to like win her back that's an unreasonable fucking woman <laughs> like you don't want that in life and you learn that when you grow up and it was a really long-winded fucking I, I, I think my pick goes against what you're arguing. You're, you're, you're probably probably right, but I have a really stupid pick here. But All I'm right. just gonna say it. It was my feeling of like blissfulness while watching this relationship on screen. For the, it's tragic and it's terrible, but I'm going K and Joy and Blade Runner oh. 2049. Oh man, that's great. Because I you're gonna pick Lost in Translation. No, because that breaks my heart. But this is kind of the same thing, though. But imagine like that relationship existing without all the other bullshit. I guess. I guess. And I think the the pure innocence at the at the core of their relationship. Because they're because. And I don't mean to say that I want a, a woman that can follow a fucking source code or a command. But what I'm saying is like, and you know, I'm in a. I guess we're gonna bring up personal shit in here. Yesterday was my six year anniversary with my girlfriend. So I'm not like nice, totally, huh? I'm not bringing that up for that, but like, I'm not totally like clueless on what it means to just be happy with someone. Like, I think there's something in that relationship. Like, I I got vibes off of it that 
I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's like at the core of it, it seems very innocent because I mean we can't talk about why, but Yeah. But yeah, it's it, their relationship and how how I think, they I think their uh devotion to each other felt more real and, and even though even though they're so <clears throat> fuck, I can't even talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I guess. Well I mean I guess everyone's seen it, but maybe they haven't. I don't know. I feel like well, apparently box not. office, not apparently. <laughs> I, I had a second pick, but maybe someone might pick it, and we've picked it on, on other topics before, so I won't talk about it. We can say it. It was spring. Oh, I, was I, pick I that. like the idea of uh, of accepting a, a person's flaws and 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 her might be an uh, ancient ancient one, an ancient uh, demon. It's a metaphor for what I'm trying to say, though. Like the the beauty in the. The passion behind his acceptance of that is—it's not all fucking rainbows and sunsets, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think in the, that movie, it's to a point that he—he's accepting because he's completely desperate. Could be, but also I like to just because believe of what that he, his life is. I guess so, but like my my spin on that is is maybe right. out of ignorance, but mm-hmm. I think it's he can't see a scenario where he's not with that girl. Yeah. That's beautiful. But I also think, yeah, I agree with that. But he's also to the point where he can't have anything in his life because when he first sees her, he's attracted to her, but just sheer beauty. And then he really only spends one night night with her until he finds out what she really is. So, and then he leaves the U.S. Well, scale back her flaws a little bit and uh, you'd have, I'd have an argument is is what I'm trying to say. Right, I understand. (laughs) Um, Harvey Gowan? Yeah, um, I've got a couple we're a bunch um, of love gurus here. Look at us. All right. This is, is this love line? I should preface this by saying I would only want to be in this relationship if I was if I wasn't me, if I was the guy. But it's um well it's a my first one's let the right one in. It's um <laughs> You're gonna pr- you're gonna do this so that you don't sound like a pedophile. Yeah, but at the same time she was also like three hundred years old. She was just in the body, in the body of a little girl. Well, she never aged, but I don't know. When I, the first time I saw this movie, Tread I loved lightly. I mean, I'm just kidding. I love he, it. he has a a guy on guy relationship. He has a AI. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I've got a little girl vampire. I thought my man. <laughs> I thought my Manhattan <laughs> I think, joke I think was the most conventional. Sorry, uh, um, we go there. I, but let me let me uh, let me explain. Um, the first time I saw that movie, it was instantly like one of my favorite, um, if not my favorite vampire movie of all time. I think it, it it probably is my favorite vampire movie of all time. And it's not conventional in any, in any sense where you have this crazy bloodthirsty vampire that's killing people. It's a, it's a little girl. And, uh, although she can be vicious and, um, and quite scary, she also is still a child. Um, there's still a part of a child in there and, um, or at least she knows what it is to be a child, and she finds this guy, this little kid, and he's being bullied and stuff. And she wants to befriend. She befriends him, and uh, she has a desire to, to protect him because she she grows to like understand him and uh, and to love him. And I think um, I don't know. There's something just endearing about, uh, uh, yeah, about, that, about that story, and um, there's like this level of innocence to it too. At the same time, they're not um, they're, they're they're kids, and they've never really experienced, even though. This vampire is really old. You 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 can tell that she's never like really experienced. Well, maybe she has because there was that other guy, that old guy, right? But the one um, that was taking care of her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell that he was a young, he was a kid at some yeah. point too. Um, but 
yeah, I just thought that the dynamic between them was um it was it was sweet. Um my second yeah. one. I hope that I'm not stepping on yours, Sean. Probably no. not. It's a uh, it's Hotel Chevalier slash Darjeeling Limited. Um right. yeah, Jason Swartzman character. She's not really present so much in uh in Darjeeling Limited, but in the short Hotel Chevalier, Natalie Portman plays Jack's girlfriend. And um he's in Paris. He's been hiding out there for a number of months and she comes and finds him and um they have makeup sex in his um in his hotel room uh, and there's this line that i just love in, in that movie or and uh i believe she says if we fuck i'm gonna feel like shit tomorrow and then he says i don't care and i think that <laughs> encompasses the relationship so perfectly and it um i don't know there's just sometimes i want to be I want to feel heartbroken and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you feel alive, and I feel like that movie has a, that short has a lot of heart in it. Um, even though it's like a sad short about a relationship that's failing, I don't know. It has a lot of think, heart, and it feels you say very alive. Heartbroken, you feel alive. It's in the same sense. If you cut off your arm, you'd feel alive because the pain is so real. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, sure. I don't know. There's something. I don't know. I think there's some something beautiful in that short, though. It's um, no, it is. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it's that. It's actually short. one of my favorite uh, Wes Anderson films. So, the, I, I the really short film or Darjeeling Limited, both. Yeah. I, I mean, that combination. I mean, yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's cool. Very it's a good pick. Um, I remember I, b- I bought that for eight bucks on iTunes two months before the movie came out. The, I was like, what the fuck the is the short this? film? Yeah, I thought it was the movie. I didn't know they sold it. Yeah, they sold it on iTunes. Um, I only have one pick, and I, I I think it's conventional, but I think that it's a very grounded, realistic portrayal of like a couple, especially two artists. Um, and one. Oh, who, I know what it is. You know what it is. You mm-hmm. probably do. Uh, it's Patterson, um, because I think that there is a dynamic there with the relationship with um, his character being very kind of in the back burner, but he's also very talented and heartfelt and sweet but she's this enthusiastic person and she's trying to like lift the spirits throughout the whole movie and try to keep the excitement going this sounds like k and joy but in the flesh (laughs) have you guys have you guys seen it (laughs) no me and steve neither neither of us have seen it yet but uh, the movie centers on their relationship and the way they interact with each other and how perfect they are for each other and i think that's a beautiful relationship one who's trying to continue continuously keep the relationship going in terms of uh inspiring the per- the other person and proving to, to proving to him that he can do whatever he wants and i don't know i always related to that and especially like personal relationships wouldn't you agree she was a really interesting character too um, yeah i think she i would think yeah. i think she was probably the best written girlfriend i've ever seen yeah. on the screen she was like um i don't know she was like super sweet and um you think that she'd be like at first, she seems like fickle, like she's like one of those girls that like pick she's up delusional. Thing- yeah. yeah, she like picks up things and then forgets them very quickly. But she actually becomes like really good at like guitar. Well, not really good, but she like actually sticks with it. And like the things that she says she's gonna do, she actually does them. I thought that was a a nice character trait. Yeah, and the way he's very accepting of everything, but he's trying his best to like get her what she wants. I thought yeah. that was beautiful. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's my pick. I'll have to scope that one out. This has literally been sitting on my list. It's free on Amazon. It's the original release. It's on my list. Cool. Um, but, you know, The Departed. Cool. You know, I can't be watching Patterson when The Departed is on Netflix. You've seen The Departed, though. <clears throat> Several it, times. About, about what, 30, times. 30 times now? 
All right. Like, this is going to be a longer episode, huh? That Irish piss ant so hot for me. 155. Oh, not too bad. All right, let's play the game then. I guess, Harvey, are we going back to the original way, or are you going to pick somebody a movie? I think, I mean, I'm going to review that movie. Okay. So then let's do that. Fine, we'll just fucking let you break all the rules. All right, let's play. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has a great point, man. I think Harvey should get two movies. All right, we're all going to roll. Harvey's going to pick the loser, even though he's a loser. Go for it. So this game's called Rolling of the Dice. We roll a 12-sided die. Roll of the lowest number. A four. That's not confidence-inspiring. Uh, somewhere in the middle there, maybe. All right, so Shomo got a four. He may have to watch a movie picked by Harvey. Six. So Steve it looks like six. Steve is... We're always getting close. Safe. Nobody's getting like 11 or like two. Safe. Safe. Well, let's see what you get. Poppy Chulo. Poppy. A four. Four. That's a roll-off. A roll-off. That's the loser. All right. Here we go. I haven't had a roll-off in like a year. That's funny because you negate my four. I could roll a 12 right now. Seven. Seven. I thought it was a one. That's not bad. All right, Sean. Keep in mind, I got a busy week coming up, man. A, a one. one. Jesus Christ. Fuck? That's a, that's not bad. I was actually kind of hoping that Sean would lose. Oh, you got something for yeah, him? Yeah, I got something I wanted right. to watch. Um, I talked about this movie last year sometime, and um, no one else has seen it since. Um, it's uh, Endless Poetry. Fuck. Really? Got him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll watch it. I mean... Yeah, uh, I mean, it just didn't look good. I'm not a fan of that guy, to be Yodorovsky? honest. Yodorovsky? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like uh, Holy Mountain, but. Um, I didn't like that movie at all. Really? I watched that movie three times. I want what because like narration. His brother was always selling it to me, and I watched it with him. Watched it when his brother came to visit again, and then I watched it on my own. I think I you'll just be don't like that movie. Yeah, I think you'll be surprised by it. I think you'll be um, pleasantly surprised by this one. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a lot more um, accessible than his other stuff. And um, I don't know. I think the cinematography and this, the set pieces work really nice. I'll check it out. Cool. I'll give my unbiased opinion. Sounds, check it. Sounds biased. <clears throat> okay. Um, is that it for us? Any uh, news coming up for the week? Do you guys want to talk about anything going on? Nah. Plans? Nothing. Nah. Anything you guys plan on watching? Uh, I really want to see Upgrade. I've been I've been hearing oh, from yes. multiple people that I respect. Oh yeah. Um, and Harvey. Just I kidding, would. I I'd be willing you. to rewatch Upgrade. Actually, I, well, you don't have I, to pay for it. Oh yeah, that's fucking. No, you, no, you can. You can get it. Sure. I, I, I'm, dude. So I want to say something. I know I've been saying that Movie Pass. Uh, they do this thing now where you got to take a movie of your previous ticket to check into a new movie, right? Well, my girlfriend screwed me. She logged me out and logged me back in, and now they're asking me. They weren't asking me until like two days ago. Watch Wait a sec. Because she uh, broke her phone, she had to log in mine. Uh, but you know what's it. weird. I've I've been putting this theory to test, right? I don't think anybody at MoviePass is going to hear this, but I hope. Um, I know what you're going to say. So, President and CEO. So every time you buy a ticket, it, it'll it say, make sure to you know take a picture. And then when you check in, you can't go anywhere else in the app. You have to literally just hit the camera button. Yeah. I close the app. Third time in a row, I've, I've not had to send tickets yet. It's just so stupid that you even have to do that. Because yeah. sometimes and I'll also, try to upload the photo, I won't have service. Yeah. So like upload the photo. But but also here's another issue I've been running into. I always have Taffy's movie pass on me. Well, not always, but usually. Um, a lot of times I'll buy tickets early, uh-huh. and I'll I'll log out of mine, log into hers, log back out, back into mine. 
It Ooh, says, yes. are you sure you want to log into this device on her account? Yes. Yeah, so 30 Emily, days. Emily's have, locked into mine for 30 days. Yes. Now. It's such bullshit. Yeah. I'm going to take so this company down. So once she fixes her phone, she can't use her movie pass if I'm not there. Dude. It's retarded. But, and I also tried this. It didn't work. To check into a movie for tomorrow and buy it. I tried setting my time to Samoa. Samoa is the, <laughs> the latest time zone in the world. Dude, hell yeah! To get away. Dude. I'm tired of all these goddamn rules. I mean, it's still it's it. still fucking beautiful. Though. I know, but I'm just like I can't. I have to see these movies, and I live in a in a city where movies sell out all the time. I shouldn't be forced to pay full price. I mean, if I had the movie pass, why would I pay full price? I think um, I think you can just take a photo of anything. If I'm honest, and see what uh, they say. Yeah. Nope. I, I, I tried that the other day. They caught my ass. They sent really? me an email. They like it's like this isn't a ticket stump because I took a picture really? of Williamsburg. Yeah, I took a picture of the street. Oh, you did <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So here's the Dude, deal. You should send the dick pic. <laughs> also, this isn't a movie ticket. Going back to my Samoa thing, right? I changed my date to Samoa, and the app got all fucked up and didn't know what showings were when. It didn't. It was like no showings today, and I was like, uh, okay. But there's a button that says. Click here to check into a movie that is showing at the theater, but is not appearing on the MoviePass app. If MoviePass, or if my phone says it's the 9th on the next day or whatever, I take a picture, buy that ticket, for, and then send it to them. I'm like, well, it was a showing on this day, and you guys just didn't list it. I'm pretty sure I'd get away with it. Imagine if Shomo uh, took this time and effort into doing something... You know, productive. Productive. <laughs> so trying to scam MoviePass. No, I'm always like, my thing is... Not, I think uh, the reason why the American people like watching a criminal or they're obsessed with the American criminal because people in this country Ingenuity. are we getting, get into now? We're getting fucked for so long that... And like when people say, oh, poor people should stop selling drugs or stop trying to like... Che-, no, that's like literally they're backed into a corner and they're trying to figure out well, how the fuck can they fuck the person So you're them. equating the struggle of a drug addict or, or not necessarily a drug addict, but a drug, but a drug dealer? dealer drug dealer to... Movie pass to, to, to your struggle month. in movie pass. Ten dollars a month. Just do what they want. It's this. It. It's the same. I no. I do this with everything. It's not just movie pass. Like I try to fuck over like the state of New York. Like just yeah. shit like that. Now I got like this cu- fucking crazy like Jason Bourne trailer in my head with like movie pass trying to track down Shomo. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm Jason it's Thomas Shomo. Brian Cox. <laughs> fucking hacking the system and shit. <laughs> no, I'm the. Uh, I'm the. Uh, what's his He's name? Like, <laughs> Catch me if you can. They're fucking. <laughs> They're fucking in the, his apartment building. They're ransacking. He's like, "Where is he? Where is he?" And you just see him fucking looking I, on his phone. I left a room. I left a riddle where my <laughs> this, computer this, is. The, the house CEO is, empty. is calling you on Christmas Eve. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna catch you, Shovel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, good luck I'm, with that, buddy. I'm, I'm, You're like visiting his family on Christmas, looking through the window, You're watching into a corner. Dinner. This is what happens. <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. This is weird. Yeah, this is very. All right, weird. yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and check out our website, dotherightfilm.com. If you like the episode, this is our first time doing a double feature. Let us know if you like it. Uh, it's not often that we all get to go see two movies in sync, and we didn't because Steve didn't see it. Not the Adam <laughs> yeah. or anything. But uh, yeah, I tried. And we should also uh, we should try and do it when there's two uh, conflicting yeah. movies. We should uh, promote word of mouth, so you know you could tell your friends, uh, girls that you might be interested in. Just tell them friends, about the tell your girls. 
just tell them about the podcast. Um, they might be interested. So yeah, I and almost you told. might sound interesting by a person who listens to podcasts. If you ever see a celebrity, uh, see when we were sitting a table away from John Luguiziamo. Luguiziamo. What? I added a vowel. <laughs> Leguizamo. It sounds like a good pasta. Did I add a vowel? Greasy. Did I add a vowel? Leguizamo. Bro, we gotta end this episode. Leguizamo. We ended it like an hour ago. We need to end this episode. Just tell them to check out our podcast if you see a celebrity. Leguizamo. Yeah. Leguizamo. Leguizamo. My boy. Please leave us ratings on iTunes or whatever podcast listening app you use. That'd be that'd be helpful. It's been fun. It is. That's it for us. All right. We need a catchphrase. 